Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. What's up, wrestling fans? We are back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode number 58, a few days late, back from Cleveland, Ohio. As always, I'm Brandon Olinger, and joined alongside me is my main man, Ben Watson. What up, Ben? I'm a wrestling fan. Oh, you're a wrestling fan, man. And I'm back. I thought about giving wrestling up. I thought about just quitting it all together. Quitting a cold turkey after them Buckeyes lost. You can't quit me. I was sad, man. I was really sad. I couldn't look at Twitter for like two days. I didn't even look at the inside trip email. I didn't look at our Twitter. I didn't want to see. I didn't want to get cyber bullied. Man. I couldn't look at any of it either. It's been, uh, well, I feel like I've been in a fog since Sunday. <laughs> the alcohol talking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I couldn't, I couldn't look at any of it. But you know, the cyber bullying hasn't been that bad this week. You think they're taking us taking it easy on us this week? Maybe. Maybe they feel bad for us. Because, you know, last year I wasn't as bummed because, you know, the score was like 140 to 110. And you kind of knew before the finals, even going in before they freaking rattled off like 10 in a row or 5 in a row, it's like, hey, we ain't going to win this. This year, I mean, we had a shot. By we, I mean, a hostile Buckeyes, they had a shot. We did have a shot. I mean, after we were like what nineteen and one on day one. Oh man! Well, I mean, they rolling. They rolled throughout the tournament, except for the semis. Or was it? Uh, yeah, it was the semis. Yeah. Man, the bleeding couldn't stop. You needed a tourniquet to try to stop that stuff. Man, it was bleeding bad. And then the finals. I've never been so excited to so physically body like hurting within one second as that I'm Arbo nickel match. Like I mean, I'm like, oh dude, we about to stick this brother. And then I'm like, oh, oh dude, we get we're about stick. to get stuck. Like, we got stuck. And when Bo Nickel put him on his back, it's over. Like, Bo Nickel ain't letting you off your back, especially when he's got that chin. Oh. And he's got, like, two legs stepped over you. Oh. And then he gets up, and he's just like, I've been hitting that move since I was six and all this. And I'm just like, man. You know, then, like, Kyle Snarder went. It was cool, but, I mean, it was like, whatever. It was deflating. Yeah. It's like. All right, man. Come on, come know. on. You're, you're bringing me down right now. Hold on, hold I on, hold bummed. on. Hold on, hold on. I'm just trying to let everybody know I was bummed out. Look, I'm bummed. You're bummed, but that's all right. Do we still got to do this? Don't bring. We don't have to do anything. All right, all right. we, we ain't got to do nothing. Let's let's go through the motions on this one. You just want to go out in the front yard, drink beer. <laughs> it's cold out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we're gonna we're gonna give you a good podcast. Too. You know what? Listen, it's about four days after the fact. We're sitting here on a Thursday night. It's okay. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about this weekend because we had an amazing, an amazing fun weekend. It was a great weekend of wrestling. Um, all joking aside, I feel like every year I go to the national championships, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And this year, it was, it was great for so many different reasons. One, you know, we got to uh, take our boy Casual Dave to his first national championships. Yeah. Uh, we got to take my son to his first national championships. He loved it, too. Yeah, he, he told me he had a it, great time. He, I got to sit with him. He was apparently he was babysitting me. Yeah, you know <laughs> he, he said that you actually you know you you acted like an adult. 
26% of the time. Oh, so. crap. I mean, it wasn't nearly that much. Wow, just, it was like 20%. Well, he, he's got a C in math, so his percentage could be <laughs> off right now. <laughs> no, man, it was so much fun to go with Casual Dave and to go with... Uh, to go with Dom And also as you said You know And to meet people You know last year When we went to the NCAA tournament I think we'd had like 18 podcasts out You know We you know, we, we, we just hadn't been doing it That long this year You know We've got more people That you know Listen to this podcast That we get to interact with And have fun You know Talking wrestling with And it was so cool To meet all these people Man it was awesome It was a blast And um you know, we got to do that live podcast. Oh, that was fun. You know, and I, I got to be honest with you. Like, I think for like a week and a half before that, like every night I'd wake up just nervous. You told me that. You were like scared about it. I was. I was so nervous and it just ended up. But you killed it. it. It went so well. We had such a good time. There was such an amazing turnout. Hats off to Clay Sourteague over there from the Lions 247, Matt Casper, coming up with that idea and actually organizing it, putting it together. He did. Um, he did a great job. I mean, we would. Us knuckleheads wouldn't have got that done. No, yeah, no. I mean, I can I can barely get you to the arena on time. <laughs> Didn't miss a session again for the seventh time in a, seventh year in a row. Have not missed one session. Amen to that. Uh, but you're right. Like it was so great meeting everybody. Um, I mean, just I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what more to say about it. You know, just it was probably really one of my cool, favorite man. things about that about the weekend in general. Besides the wrestling, is just all the people we get to either connect with for the first time or reconnect with, or just all. It, and it's just everybody who loves wrestling. Yeah, and that, and that's what it is, and that's you know, and that and that's what we love, and that's the whole reason why we do this podcast. We don't do it to to get fans or to you know become Twitter famous or famous in the wrestling world. That's not that's never one. That's not going to happen. And two, I don't consider these people fans. I consider these people wrestling friends, right? Friends that enjoy talking about wrestling or enjoy listening to wrestling. And it was so cool to just meet those people, you know. Everything Ben just told you is one hundred percent a lie. When we first did this, he said he was going to do it for the groupies. He didn't realize that wrestling podcast groupies were 45-year-old middle-aged men. A lot of cocks. <laughs> a lot of, and I ain't talking about Jaden. No, man. So we just kind of skipped into this. So episode 58, right? Yeah, but it is episode 58. Um, you know, but seriously, I just want to thank everybody that did come out to that live podcast. You know, our boy Mike Hallam came out from Illinois, brought one of his buddies with him, um, got to meet him for the first time. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey out there from Arizona, our boy dropped tweeting from Twitter. You know, we got to meet up with him a couple of times this weekend. Yeah. It was really great getting to drink beers with him really and his dad. Cool. Dan Vest. Dan Vest. I finally got to meet yeah. the originator of the famous wrestling move, the Sloppy Vest. Floppy. Not the, the Sloppy. Oh, the Floppy Vest. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you know, you got Dan Vest, his boy Brett. Who I think hits us up on Twitter a lot, you know. And then we got you know Dan Ranzik, Ed Heb, the guys from Steelwood showed oh, up for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And those guys are awesome dudes. I tell you what, if you guys don't listen to Steelwood Wrestling or Steelwood Radio, it's the podcast, the Buckeye Podcast. So maybe not all you guys listen to it, but it's really good. They get some great interviews. Really cool dudes. You know, Ed Heb was there. His buddies Dan and Seth were there as well. The Lego Man, Ross Bendit. Ross. A local Ohio boy who is a Penn State fan. Who lives in Chicago now. I hate you, Ross. Chris was there? What's yes, Chris Christian. Chris Christian. And his, his boy buddy, Jeffrey. Jeffrey were there. Oh, so many people. I, oh, Johnny Ice. Oh, Johnny Ice and his crew. Yeah, Johnny Ice. came in there like eight crew. deep. Johnny Ice the man. He is the man. Um, so but many people were it there. Was, it was just such a wonderful time, Inside man. trip shirts being worn. Yeah. You know, I'm bummed. I was bummed out, but now I'm like pumped up because yeah. there's this like See? cool little thing that we're doing that other people seem to like. And it was a good time. I love it. 
And on top of that, you know, got to hang out with our, our boy Kevin from Blood Round Wrestling at Clonchinator. So all, all in all, it was JP. just a, it was a great weekend. Yeah, JP, man. And I'll tell you what, man. Saturday night after the finals, even though I was bummed, we were down at Panini's drinking. Yeah, we got were. to sit there for a couple, you know a couple hours, drink beers with Jason Bryant. That guy is fun. When JB starts drinking some beers, he's fun. He's a wild man. He is fun. Not wild man, but like he gets you know his big personality. He's enthusiastic. Right, you right. know, he's got got some great stories. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. Speaking of Jason Bryant, he killed it on the mic this weekend killed in the it. arena. Absolutely killed it. He did. I mean, he, he always does. He did, man. Um, and, and one, I can't. We can't forget to shout out Neiman. And our boy Ben Golden, too. Yeah. Both really good. I don't think Ben listens to the podcast. Thanks a lot, Ben. At least I know he really exists. I, yeah, I was kind of... We were like in a group text with him for a year. <laughs> like, I don't even know this guy exists. Clay, Garrett. I, you know, I, I know we're going through these shout-outs. Like, we're, we're afraid to miss somebody. So if we do, man, dude, you know, sorry. Maybe we'll, we'll remember as we go through this. But it was so much fun hanging out with all those dudes this It was weekend. a lot of fun. It was a great weekend. Never had so much fun hanging out with a bunch of dicks in my entire life. Ah. <laughs> so, anyway, look. Fantastic wrestling. What a team race. I mean, even as Buckeye fans, not thinking about like what the outcome was, it was an amazing team race that legitimately came down to the third to last match of the night. You know? Everybody talked about that. They said, how cool would it be for the team race to come down to my Marvel versus Bo Nickel for all the marbles? It did. It I mean, absolutely it did. did. That's nuts. I mean, uh, yeah, it was a great team race, and I think look, there was seven points that was that seven points between Penn State and Ohio State this year, and I think uh, what Ohio State put up one hundred and thirty four point five points, which I think is fifteenth all time. <laughs> That's crazy. All time. All time. Penn State's total of 141.5, I think, and I'm going off memory here is eleventh all time. I mean, that's just crazy, and. I still think that one of the great stories from this weekend is how well Iowa just came out of the blue and did. Iowa put up some points, even without Sorensen yeah, they put making up, the finals. Right. They put up 97 points. And if Sorensen had pushed through to the finals like he was seated to do, they would have been over 100 points. I need to go back and look, but having three teams over 100 points, I mean, that's that would be pretty legit. Well, Buckeyes won it with like 104 points one year or something like that. Yeah, or like, you know, in 2015, Iowa had five All Americans. Penn State and Ohio State both had eight. You know, there's a couple differences. And look, you know, not bashing on Ohio State, but you know, some of the differences was, you know, some of the guys. You know, we had a guy seated one, took fourth. You know, he wrestles to a seed. We win the tournament. It's not that doesn't mean it's on his shoulders. Doesn't mean the reason why the Buckeyes didn't win the tournament was because of Colin Moore. But you know, a couple guys didn't wrestle their seed. But same with Penn State. I'm assuming a couple guys. Didn't quite wrestle to their seat either. Maybe they did. Maybe they wrestled above it. I think what we're seeing is that Penn State continues to get it done. They get it done even when their backs are up against the wall because they were in this tournament. I mean, you're right. And this year, you can't even say it was bonus points that was the difference. If I, I think Ohio State maybe even out-bonused Penn State in this tournament. They did. I know Iowa led the led the tournament in bonus points. I think they had you know a little over 30 points. Ohio State was second with like 24 Penn State was right below them. You know, but you talk about that, you know, things fell apart in the semifinals. And we'll get into the brackets here in a minute. But with the exception of two weight classes, did we really lose a match where we were favored? 
So what two weight class are you talking about? Twenty five and ninety seven. Twenty five. I'll tell you right now, it's still it was still a toss up because those guys were one and one. Hundred percent a toss up. You know, so you can't say that Tomasello was the legit favorite. I mean, he was seated two. Spencer Lee the three Just because he but beat then, him the last time Other than that You know Colin Moore Did we lose another match In those semifinals Where we were, I mean we were the underdog In the rest Right You know I think that You know You know Maybe some blood round work You know The brackets not falling Quite well the way they needed to Keyshawn Hayes Who would have thought Ugh. You know Who would have thought that um, You know Brandon Sorensen would have been <laughs> You know Wrestling Hayes in the blood round Not me um, I mean I didn't I didn't peg it that way You know but Without dwelling on all the negative or on all the negativity, you know, this was a fantastic Ohio State Buckeye team, and it's going to be one that I will always remember. You know, you look at some of the things they accomplished. This team was a part of Ohio State's, you know, what, first ever wrestling, yeah, wrestling national championship. That's right. Their first ever. You know, they they won three Big Ten titles. First um, one since like 1950. Yeah, exactly. An amazing feat there. You know, the first trio of teammates to ever finish as four time All Americans together. I mean, that's fantastic as well. Um, and like you said, eight All-Americans. And, and also, think about what Kyle Snyder did. You know, we'll get to his bracket in a bit. He became the first heavyweight since 1989 to win three national titles. Yeah. I mean, he, and he think about the, the great, Think about the great heavyweights. Mako, Conrad, Gwizdowski, Tony Nelson. Tony Nelson. I mean, and those are just the guys that won some titles. There's some other great heavyweights Tony Rollins. Yeah, I Rollins. Mean, yeah. You know, that's just the guys within the last 10, 15 years. And he becomes the first one since, I think, what, Carlton Hasselrig? Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. Hasselrig. So, a lot of good stuff about this Buckeye team. And that's what, I'm going to miss it, man. And You know, we don't want to belabor the point, but we ain't going to see a Buckeye team like this for a little bit. I mean, I know they recruited really well. I guess we just don't know what we're going to have, but... Man, it was sad. It was generally sad to watch Nato wrestle his last match. And to go off and say, what do you want me to, what, how do you want fans to remember you by? And he says, a, a warrior. warrior. That was awesome. I he got is. goosebumps. I'm going to remember him as a warrior because he was. You know what? He never, he won a title as a freshman and never won it again. You know, <laughs> crazy loss to Hawkeyes three times in a row in the semis. All guys he beat at the Big Tens to win four Big Ten titles was one three three three. I mean, strange career with the you know with the weird like losing to the Hawkeyes, beating them and losing them. But it's an amazing career, amazing. And honestly, you know, I agree with you, Ben. I don't know how. God, like Kyle Snyder's going to be one, end, up, end up being one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. You know, ever, regardless of demographics. You know, Bo Jordan, I think, helped brought a presence to this team that it's severely needed and. Is help building a pipeline to one of the best high schools in Ohio, but Tomasello is probably going to be the guy that I miss the most. He's just he just went about his business and he did it in such a in, su- in such a way that was just just awesome for me to watch. And you know, okay, you want me to go thirty three? I'm going to get jacked. I'm going to go thirty three. You want me to go back to twenty five? Yeah. I'm going to go back to twenty five. He did it for the team, and he and he just wrestled. So well, you know, he's just, you know, a great student on top of that. I mean, just, he's just going to be one, one of the greats that I miss. I'm going to miss him. And, and I love having a good 125 pounder. I might be biased, but like, you know, having that guy that's going to start you off and you know, gets, I mean, except for, except for the elite guys and even against some of the elite guys, you know, like when I mean elite, like all American level guys, he whipped their butts, you know, except for the elite of the elite, he beat everybody and he beat a lot of them bad. He, he was better, I think, than what people even expected him to be. You think so? I think he was like ninth on the big board coming out. I don't remember. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think I remember that. And, I mean, he goes, you know, he 
staple at the start of your lineup for four years. It's going to be impossible to replace. You know, while it's disappointing as a Buckeye fan that Ohio State, you know, didn't come out on top, you do have to sit back, though, and appreciate greatness, I think, as a wrestling fan. And Penn State is in the midst of something that only two other programs have ever done. You know, they just became the third program ever to win seven titles in eight years, joining Iowa and Oklahoma State. You know, and if you think about this team here, this team just put five guys in the finals for the second year in a row, the same five guys. Last year, they won all five, as we all know. This year, they won four out of five, which is still amazing in its own right. They become only the second program to ever score 140 points or more in back-to-back seasons. Jeez. I mean, that's insane. I'm sorry. I think they're the, yeah. Did I say second program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Only the second program to ever do that. I think. Uh, uh, or did and they're going to be. You said second program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going to yeah. be loaded next year. They, and they are. I mean, they're only losing Rutherford. Right. Which I mean, that's a that's a huge loss. But you know, the covered ain't bare over there throw in Happy Valley, man. I mean, Bresky or Bergie or whatever his name is. Yeah, I mean they'll have somebody that's going to be contending for All American status right away, and they're and they're going to probably be better at twenty five and thirty three. It makes you think, like if an Ohio State team like this couldn't dethrone them, what type of team can? I don't think a team can. I think that you just got to wait for a year that they're not as hot. I mean, who? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't see any program right now. I mean, and even with the great guys that Ohio State has coming in, even with the great recruiting class and guys coming out of red shirt that Iowa has coming in. I'll be tough. I just don't see anybody that's going to come within 20 points of them over the next few years. Few years, they're, years. They're going to they're they're walk away next year. They're going to walk away with the title next year. Oh, we shouldn't even wrestle it then. We shouldn't even go. <laughs> no, we're going to go, but it ain't going to be close. I don't know, man. With that, you want to talk a little bit about the tournament or what you want to talk about? Let's do it. I mean, we can talk about whatever the heck you want to talk about. Well, speaking of the tournament and speaking of teams, since we're talking about teams, a team that absolutely surprised me this weekend is the babyface kids at Cornell. Like, who would have thought that Cornell would have finished seventh in the country? I mean, how many how many first time starters did they put out there and freshmen? But you know, I don't have I don't have. I don't have the exact answer to you, but a lot. I think, what, they get three All-Americans? Uh, I think they had four. They got four All-Americans. They had a champ. I know three of them a were. A sixth, a seventh, and an eighth. I know three of them were freshmen, right? Max Dean, mm-hmm. um, uh, John J. Chavez. Mm-hmm. John J. Chavez is not a freshman. Oh, he's not? No. What is he, a sophomore? Um, that's a good question. Maybe I just think he's a freshman because, like, like, I knew he was good. I just didn't, you know, I think people were waiting for him to put it together. And then you had Yanni D. Yep. You know, doing work. I, I agree. Cornell was very impressive for a team that they were supposed to have a down year. You know, I don't even think they they didn't even win the EIWA. No, for the first time in like a long time, like ten or eleven years yeah. or something. And and you know they showed up. They showed up at um at the NCAA tournament. NC State's another team that I thought performed really good this weekend. Actually sneaking up in there, tying Michigan for fourth, getting a team trophy. Did you hear that NC State lost two team points too? Did they really? What'd they do? Just for like control of mat area or something like that? Uh, Ridiculous. They, I mean, they would have been, I mean, good for Michigan, I guess, but. You know, they would have pushed Michigan out of the trophy spot. Right. It would have been. The Silver Fox would have went home empty handed for his last year. I think there was the fix was in. Oh, the fix? I think the fix was in, man. Um, yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. I don't know why this just came to me, but. 
How? After an amazing weekend where attendance records were set, as we just found out today, I think they just released the numbers today, television viewership records were set. It was an amazing weekend. And then to wake up yesterday and hear about Eastern Michigan dropping their program. I mean, we'd be remiss not to, not to bring this up. Oh, I think we have to bring it up. Um, this is a team that just took third in the MAC, just had their first All-American since... Uh, 99, 98? It's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, or 99. You know, so doing some good stuff. they got some great, you know, some, some pretty tough guys in red shirt. You know, they've got a couple of good recruits as well. They've been a solid... They've shown progress over the past, I'd say, four or five years. They've had some up and down years in the MAC, but they, they've been showing progress. Um, it's a huge bummer because, you know, Eastern Michigan, is, it's, it's somewhat close to Ohio. They recruit a decent amount of Ohio guys. I think there was like seven or eight Ohio guys on the team. And um, it's sad that as a sport, after the season every year, I have to be like, all right, who's it going to be this year? Is it going to be Davison? Is it going to be Sacred Heart? Well, you're be right. BMI? You know, I wasn't expecting an Eastern, but you're thinking, you know, we just add Little Rock, Arkansas, or Arkansas, Little Rock. Yep. Added, Pre- added, added Pre- Presbyterian as well. Yep. Two D1 programs. So Cal Baptist is going D1. We're thinking, all right, let's get us up to 80, 80 teams at least. It just always feels like we take one step forward to get knocked two or three steps back. You know, you're thinking things are going really well. The sport's growing. We're getting, you know, we're grabbing some attention. Kind of make it into some mainstream, you know, now that every round of the NCAA championships is on ESPN. Again, viewership numbers are rising each year. People know who Kyle Snyder is. People know who We're these people some are. Big yeah. names, you know, some some big names to rep the sport, and then something like this happens. It just it sucks. And honestly, you know, not only did they cut wrestling, they cut what they cut four 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 teams, four programs. I think they cut women's softball, men's, men's swimming and diving, men's swimming and diving, wrestling. Yeah, it's. Let's hope that they can get it right. Let's hope that we that we can fix it. You know, I want to know what we can do to because you know we get all these things like saving save, save EMU wrestling. That's great, right? We we get a ton of social media push, but when push comes to shove, it's about dollars. What do we need to do? That's what it was with Cleveland State. Remember, it was all about money. Yeah. Well, I mean that, and they wanted to start a lacrosse program, right? But they ended up taking it to the students. The students voted whether or not they would raise their some sort of fee. By three bucks per student per semester, and they all to save wrestling, and they did, and that's how they saved wrestling. So the the question is, what do we need to do? I, you know, I get hearing all this, and I, I'm pumped that at the, you know, outrage that people have for this, you know, and but we need to know what we need to do. I want to I want to hear from the coaches, I, and I know they just put out a podcast with um Jason Bryan, I believe. You know, I want to hear from the administration. What can we do to help? Okay, but why do we constantly have to? Why do we constantly have to save a program when it's dollars and cents when it's typically administrations who are piss poor at managing money? Okay, you want to you want to take money away so you continue to dump money into uh, quote unquote big dollar sports where you suck at. I mean, I get it. You're talking about football, football, basketball, things like that. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, you know, they to stay in the MAC. They have to have a football team. It's a requirement. Okay. And they get. Two, really? Yeah. Yeah. And they get two million bucks. We used to say that about wrestling no, in the Big is. Ten and we found it out is, that was it, wrong. It, it's right. Okay. It's right. Okay. To stay in the MAC, you have to have a football team and a basketball team. And I think a ladies team too. A lady, maybe a ladies basketball team. No, it's ladies uh, volleyball. 
ladies volleyball. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I read up about this. Look, David Bolliard posted a, a tweet just recently. I mean, just tonight that said, "Look, that. we're you know we're attacking. Basically, we're attacking the wrong person. That the AD didn't really AD had his hands tied." And I don't disagree with that. Okay, I mean the AD could have made the decision to cut a different sport, but you got a pube here in your mouth. No. <laughs> What what is he going to do? You know, when when it comes down from on high from the president of the university to say, you got to save two million bucks. You know, he's put in a bind. You know, we go after him. And remember, we got to do this respectfully, guys. Uh, you know, I remember when Slippery Rock was cut. You know, and I was young and I was immature, and I sent a nasty gram to the AD. You know, who I'd known because you know I was there. You know, and he basically just said, "See, this is the reason why we're cutting the sport." You know, you guys never cared about, you know, you, you guys, he goes, all these people say that, you know, they're never going to donate another dollar, but none of these people ever donated anyways. And he says, it's people like you that are the reason why we're cutting the sport. Now, was that probably a very respectful way for him to reply? No. What did you say to him? I told him that I'd never support Slippery Rock. And I, I, I told him, um, you know, he was a big basketball guy. He played basketball at D3 in college. And I said, I always see you down there supporting the basketball guys, but you never supported wrestling. You know, you're a piece of crap, basically, whatever. Um, you know, I was like 19, or I was 21 years old. But, you know, you, you learn from that, right? Now my 34-year-old brain says, you know, attacking this person is it's not the right way to go, okay? Let's figure out a solution. And I get it. Look, but the bottom line is college athletics are going that way, okay? We're going to have to fund these sports. Fans, donors, endowments, those are what's gonna, what are going to fund these sports, okay? Because these – Academic institutions are that first. They're academic institutions. And if you think that wrestling is going to beat football out or beat basketball out, even at these smaller schools, it's not going to happen. Okay? So I, I get your point of, you know, why do we have to always come and save the sports? But we have to. We have to do you ever think save our program. Once in a while, like, listen, look, wrestling's very good. You cut a wrestling program. The community's usually very good about, you know, crying, you know, the outcries and the support and the, the, best the money. Absolutely. At what point in time do you stop and think, man, do we, are we getting taken hostage? Like, do they do this because they know something like this can happen? And, and I think I That's read something. Point. I think I read something that says this president at Eastern Michigan, this is the second time he's been the president of a university that's cut wrestling. Is either the president or the AD? I couldn't remember. I think it's the president. Was it the president? I think yeah. it's the president. Um, Priorities, man. I mean, if that's... Look, I know you want to be respectful. I want to tell the guy to eat a bag of shit. That's my eat a bag of shit award for the week. Can I can I give that out <laughs> no, this week? Hey, I'll give it to him as well. Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll give it to the president for sure. I just don't know if we're misplacing the anger with the AD. I, I just – what I want to know is how do we save it. Do you think the coaches had a feeling had, – had known that this was coming prior to the tournament? I don't – there was no indication from based on the, t the tweets that there was any indication. They said that – you know, I read that they – you know, that AD was said you got to cut – you know, something hundred thousand out of your budget, and he did. And then it comes back to, all right, now we need two million. I, I look, I'm, I want to be outraged, and I am. I'm not happy about this, but in the end, we have to look at the way the wind is blowing. With college sports that are Olympic style sports, non-revenue sports, they're either going to be completely gone in the next twenty something years. You know, it, it, there's three different ways it can go. One, it's going to be like gymnastics where there's like 12 teams. You know, only the biggest teams. I don't know how many exactly gymnastics have, something like that. B, that we're just going to have to go private. And there's not going to be college wrestling. It's just going to be wrestling afterwards where you have your own leagues. You know, or C, 
the wrestling community is going to have to fund most of these programs. And a lot of times that means we're going to drop to about 50 programs. Yeah, but you're talking about D1 wrestling. Um, D1, D1, yeah. D1. There's a lot of programs. I mean, I don't think it'll ever go private because like, we have D2, D3, NAIA, NCWA, and there's a lot of D1 programs that have teams in the past that have NCWA teams. Did I say that right? Is it NCWA? Yeah. NWCA? Is National it? Wrestling College Open Association? No, College know. Open Association. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing there. Anyway, but like UCLA, I think USC, teams like that, they've got, you know, they've got those teams. But anyway, I don't know. No sense in, I guess, belaboring this. Um, it just it, it just seems like such a, uh, a buzzkill this week. Yeah, thanks for bringing it up right before this podcast, right during this podcast. I appreciate it. No, we had to talk. You want to go outside again and drink beer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. 125. <laughs> All right, seriously, let's go to 125, man. Um, I think people, and I'm one of those people, did not realize how absolutely tough this weight class really was. We got caught up at 141. We got caught up at 165. Um, but this weight class in my opinion could be considered the toughest weight class this weekend could be okay i think you've got seven returning all americans okay you've got four guys that have either been national champs or been in the finals before this and none of those four guys made the finals um you got the return of nick suriano and then you've got the newcomer who spencer lee who man i'll tell you what is the truth I will never forget his performance. For as long as I live, I will never forget his performance this weekend. It was probably the most outstanding performance of the weekend. I know Bo Nickel won outstanding wrestler, but Spencer Lee, I mean, he teched a dude, I think, in like 40 seconds. You know, okay, not 40 seconds, but a minute 41. Teched his first guy. He went crazy. And he pinned Piccinini in the quarters and then pins Tomasello. In the semis? I mean, prior to the finals, he'd given up two points the entire tournament. You know, two points. He went 18 to nothing first match, 18 to nothing second match. He was up like 13 to 1 on Piccinini when he pinned him. I think he was up 5 to 1 on Tomasello when he pinned him. And then he goes to the finals against Suriano, gives up one point. I mean, he gave up, what, three points the entire weekend? Now that Snyder and Rutherford are gone, I don't think it's a bold statement to say. That Nick, uh, Spencer Lee is the best wrestler in the NCAA. Him and uh, Jason Nolf. They're the best wrestlers in the NCAA. And I, I, I mean, you know, you can argue with me. You can argue the Zahids. You can argue these other people, which, you know, fair arguments. But the way that Spencer Lee went about his business and the domination, the complete domination until the finals, and then beat Suriano, who, I mean, is another all time great. In high school, five to one, shutting them down. I don't know if there was a more dominant performance. There was definitely not a more dominant performance this weekend. I mean, I think, like we've already said, Spencer Lee's performance this weekend was the most dominant. I think that we would be. Uh, I you have to put Zahid Valencia in the conversation for greatest wrestlers in college. I mean, the guy's got one loss his entire college career, and it was off of a freaking head, uh, you know, a headgear. Pool, right, you're right. You know, to Mark Hall. Um, but I do. You make a great. I, I don't disagree with you. I think Spencer Lee has to be, you know, considered, you know, also one of the greatest wrestlers in college. And Ben, I mean, looking at the landscape, if he stays at one twenty-five, minus a guy like Dayton Fix, if he even goes one twenty-five, who's going to beat this guy? Uh, the answer is nobody, especially if Soriano goes up a weight. 
I mean, and even after what we saw this weekend, is Soriano going to beat him? No. Because, <laughs> I mean, Lezak's going up a weight, right? I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's, it's going to have to happen. Speaking of that, I think Lezak had a heck of a tournament, man. You know, for all his f- 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 uh, faults throughout the season, you know, and his weight-cutting issues, and he even went down early to Bresser, my boy Bresser. He went down early. He rolls back, pushes Tomasello, ends up taking fourth, you know, he, he's wrestled for three years, and he's a two-time All-American, a finalist, and a fourth-place finisher, and a tough weight. The reason, look at look who didn't All-American. You know, guys, if you told me that uh, Sean Fowles, you know, Piccinini, what, yeah, Piccinini was going to get tacked by Lezak in the, the blood round, tacked sixteen zero. Sayonara, he beat Pitch sixteen zero. Put it on him, man. You remember a, the, the, a, a the, full a full hydrated Lezak. And they wrestled in the Watch duel. Early. Remember when they wrestled in the duel earlier in the year season? It was like one of the most exciting matches we got to see this year. Lezak was up like nine zero. Piccinini was up like nine zero or eight zero or something. Or yeah, eight zero. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Got on top of him and just worked him and that's came right. back and won that match. And if you know, a, a shout out, a guy that needs a shout out in this weight class this weekend is Zeke Moise. Zeke Moise. That's okay. what I'm looking at. All right, we're going to the same place now. Here's a guy that made the finals as a freshman, lost to Nathan Tomasello. He's done nothing. But deal with injuries for the last three years. He had a rough year this year, even just trying to stay on the mat the entire season. And he ends up taking eighth place in this tournament and beating in the blood round. He beat a great freshman wrestler in Taylor Lamont. He actually lost to Taylor Lamont twice early in the season. And he's wrestled him at the, in the, at the Big 12 tournament, and he wrestled him in the blood round at this tournament. And he beat him both times times. to get on the podium. You know, you got to give a shout out to him. I mean, a gutsy performance by a kid that you know is probably just banged up and ready to hang him up. And also probably like, dude, am I ever going to get on this podium again? Like, I mean, I'm sure he's not thinking that, but, you know, people were, right? You know, and then there's other, you know, and it's such a weight class like Russell did an All-American, Milhoff. Now, Milhoff wasn't 100% by any stretch of imagination. I was almost, I'm glad that he injury defaulted to Tomasello because, it was getting really ugly. Um, oh, if, yeah. you, if you're banged up bad, the last person Thomas that wrestles is yeah. Tom Sell. No. Because rightfully so, he's going to keep going after you. You know, great weight class, really deep, a lot of upsets, which are fun. You know, I really like the upsets. Um, you know, like Louis Hayes over Foz early, Bresser over Lezak, you want to call it an upset. You know, one thing, Cruz, Cruz ended up taking fifth. I don't think Cruz lost the Lezak. Yeah, lost the Lezak. Yeah, he didn't wrestle. The- Look, he went he went seven to four against Rayvon Foley in his first match. He then in the, he won his second match one to nothing. His third match in the quarters two to nothing, and then loses two to nothing in the semifinals to Suriano. He just he didn't catch fire like last year. No, no, not at all. You know, didn't couldn't generate much offense. That shows you how good he is. Take fifth when he's not wrestling his best, because the margin for Error is so thin in these tournaments, you know, that if you're having kind of an off day and you run into a Bresser or a Matten or a Rayvon Foley, all those dudes are elite level wrestlers from high school. It's not like they don't know how to win. And Cruz was able to navigate to a fifth place finish. I thought that, you know, he didn't have his greatest tournament, but he ends he ends his career with three All-Americans, an eighth, a round of 12, a champ and a fifth. You know, I'd write home about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a great career for him. I want to go back to the Spencer Lee versus Nathan Tomasello match for just a second before we move on. Sure. You know, we said after when we, when we did the podcast after Big Tens, I told you, you know, we did our bracket picks and all that kind of stuff. 
And I said I had Spencer Lee beating Tomasella, ultimately Spencer Lee winning the tournament. And I and what I said to you was, we saw something in the Big Ten finals. Um, I'm sorry, was it the finals, semifinals? Semi. Semifinals, yeah. We saw something in their match at the Big Tens that had me concerned, and that was Spencer Lee's ability to get to Tomasello's leg. Now, he did not finish his takedowns, right. but I told you, I said, eventually he's going to take him down and he's going to get on top, which is his best position. And if that happens, it's going to be trouble for Tomasello. And that was the game changer in this match. He took him down early. He got the first takedown that he's gotten in the three matches they've wrestled and then was also able to get a turn, and which ultimately resulted in, you know, in a fall. Right. I, well, I mean, yeah, it's... As soon as he got the takedown, I said the match is over, and it was somewhat early, and I said it's over. I said that I said the only way Tomasello beats Lee, and this is me in the stands. The only way Tomasello beats Lee is if uh, Tomasello wins the takedown battle, like with Lee getting none, because once Lee gets on top, you know he's even if he don't turn you, he's gonna he's, he's gonna, gonna get his, he's gonna get your riding time right. unless it's towards the end of the period, and you're not getting a, you're not getting that one escape. Uh, just so happened that was the case. You, you know, do we wish that Tomasello was on the other side? <laughs> Would he, would he have beaten Soriano? Maybe. No guarantee. No guarantee. Um, but, you know, as, as I think as we've made clear uh, earlier in this podcast, our affinity for Tomasello, he, he wasn't the best guy. Spencer Lee was. And, I, you know, Spencer Lee's a true freshman. Tomasello's a fifth-year senior. I just think that shows you how special um, Spencer Lee is. I agree with you, man. I mean, I, and this is one of those weight classes where – sometimes brackets just fall the right way for people, you know, and that, and that's okay. That's, that's part of the sport. It's part of the tournament. Spencer's Lee, you know, his bracket didn't fall any way. He, he beat three all Americans on his way to making the finals, including a returning national, a former national champion. Uh, it, I truly believe this is one of those brackets where the best guy, abs- the absolute best guy won the weight class. He did. He did. Spencer all right, let's go phenomenal. to one thirty three, man. You know, who um, else is phenomenal. Seth Gross, Tariq Wilson, Tariq Wilson, dude, Tariq. You know what? We should have that guy in the podcast. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Anyways, Tariq Wilson, that dude is an animal. I mean, yeah, Seth Gross won it, but Tariq Wilson stole the show. I tell you what, he was my he was my uh, inside trip most exciting wrestler to watch of the tournament. He had an amazing tournament and. Think about this. Here's a guy that goes into the tournament unseated with like what? I don't know. Ten losses. losses. Nine losses entering the tournament, I think. Ten losses. Ten losses entering the tournament. 27 and 10. Unseated. I thought the brackets, the final brackets include their final records. They might. (laughs) 27 and 9. Okay. Unseated. Anyway, he comes in with nine or ten losses, unseated, and he just... I mean, he just wrecks the five seed complete. Dude, I mean, I'm like, uh, yeah, like, please me. Ernesti goes down. Okay. Wilson had, you know, a little lucky match there. Yeah, Wilson's bad. good. Oh, yeah, know, Wilson's you. good. Oh, by the way, where's he from? Uh, OH. IO, baby. Yeah, he's an Ohio boy. You know, that's how they do up here in Ohio. But then after that, you know, he, he gets to the quarters against Brock, a guy who Brock teched him earlier in the season. I think like 17 to 2 or something. Wrecked him. I, Damn near killed him. It wasn't even close. But like 15 points. Yep. That's a tech fall. Anyway, and, and Wilson just destroys him. Dude, destroyed. 
beat I mean, him in every position. Just body locking him like crazy. Oh. Brock's like, I'm a hey, not inside trip of the week again. And <laughs> Wilson just like every time Wilson because he's he's so rangy. He's so tall. Brock's like, I'm gonna hit a slide by and Wilson's like, You're gonna slide right on by he to did. your back, bro. He did. I think he tried to slide by him and <laughs> Got Wilson, put body locked to his back or body something. Body locked, just like Fletcher did the same thing against but uh to Brock. Ooh. But um um Wilson just every time I looked over that match, I'm like it looked like it looked like Kate Brock was doing the burning. Every time I looked over, he's doing the burning. Just like falling back. Like, I'm going to my back. I'm going to my back. I mean, you know, then he go, he meets up with Seth Gross in the semis, and you're thinking, all right, boys run is over. He's going to get whooped here. Good job. You got your yeah, AA. Nice job. Yeah, you finished top six. And then he... He just he's taking gross down at will, <laughs> and we're like, "What the? F- what was the score the fuck of that match that went into OT? It was what was it, like thirteens when it went to OT, eleven something like that. Yeah, I mean it was double. It was high. It was double digits. And then and then he gets in on gross in overtime, <laughs> and I'm like, he's gonna <laughs> take it, dude. And then gross just, I mean, a little savvy. Yeah, gross right? is you know, pins him. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, like he almost like, and it was like Wilson, you know, not to diss him, but he's not the slickest technical wrestler. Like, he doesn't have this really sweet, you know, slick shot or this, you know, really traditional, you know, bar half ride or whatever. He's just a scrappy dude that just, like, really positionally sound, that body awareness of a tent. Like, I mean, he's got some of the best body awareness. He just feels it and goes for it, you know, because he's doing some weird shit to try to take down Gross at the end where he's got, like, Gross's leg in one arm and he's, like, got his other hand around the waist and he's trying to, like, back trip him. And I'm like... This looks like fucking third grade wrestling. But he, you know, it worked out. Like, seriously, man. I'm not, that's not a knock because you don't need to have, you know, this slick, sharp technique. Kid Brock, best slick technique on, on his feet. You'll see. And Tariq Wilson worked him. Worked. I mean, put him to bed without any dinner, son. Think about Wil- what Wilson did. I mean, okay, yes. Freshman taking third place, you know, but to do so. Again, he majors a guy that teched him earlier in the season. Then he gets to the third and fourth place match against Luke Pletcher, who Pletcher beat him, you know, in the last duel of the season. And even though the score wasn't great, like, you know, a major decision, right. Pletcher dominated him in, in all positions. And he just beats the living shit out of Pletcher 17 to the tune of 17 to 8. He Bernie's, he Bernie's Pletcher a couple times. Pletcher's too. flopping around on his back, too. Oh, my goodness. Treat Wilson didn't win a wrestle off this year. He, he lost to Jamal Morris <laughs> twice. Lost to an open tournament. I think two of his losses are to Jamal. I think he lost to his own teammates more than he lost to anybody else. But the coaches, that's what I love. The coaches saying, all right, I know you lost to this dude. But, you know, they let him spot start, I think, at the start of the year. And Tariq just took the spot over. He just said, look, I know maybe I can't beat you in the room, but I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a be able to show you something. And I brought this up at the live podcast. I think Tariq Wilson really started feeling himself when he beat Mueller in their duel. That was his like first really, really big signature win of the year. Since then, he just started I mean, he ain't stopped. I mean sometimes that's like, I I'm speculating here because I never wrestled in college. Mental you win. would know this. You would know this. But sometimes and even not in college, just in wrestling in general. No, you're exactly sometimes right. it just you can be really good and you can beat all the guys you're supposed to beat. But sometimes it just takes that one signature win over a marquee guy, you know, whether it's in high school, a state place or state champ, whether it's in college, you know, an All-American, a top five guy right. to just 
push your confidence through the roof. And you know, I mean, look, this sport's so much mental. Once you got the confidence to go along with the skill set, you can be extremely dangerous. The dude took growth. The dude scared gross. Don't act like gross was just like, like, you know, stepping on that line in overtime thinking like, ah, I got this. Gross is thinking, I might not win this title, dude. Like, I'm probably going to get taken down by this guy. You know what I noticed about Wilson this weekend? And we're talking a lot about Tariq, but I have to because it was probably one of our favorite performances to watch this weekend. It was my favorite. Yeah. I, I mean. Because Kyle Connell pinned more. I mean, oh. like, so as much as I liked Connell, Tariq was a little, you know. But um, you know what he did? He basically said, I don't care how good you are offensively. You can't take a shot if I'm taking 600 a match. What what they say? He had like twenty four to two takedowns 20, in his turn for yeah twenty something takedowns to two, because all he did was shoot. <laughs> you, you're gonna, you're gonna win a lot of matches if you got a lot that many more takedowns than the other guy. I think the only guys that got two takedowns. I think Fletcher might have got one. No, Gross probably had to get one. Gross probably had to get both of them. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know either. That, that was one thirty three. No, one thirty three. Man, um, I thought Seth Gross I, is a warrior. He is. I mean, Seth Gross did what he was supposed to do. Um, With a bunch of staples in his head. Or stitches or whatever. I didn't know that. Yeah. How do you get those? I don't know. Probably banging, dude. Not banging dudes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't care what, what your lifestyle is. I thought I thought Michich looked really well this tournament, too. With the exception of his, you know, there was like a 30 or 40 second clip in the finals where he gets taken down and turned for four. Other than that little that little moment there, he had a really, really outstanding performance. And one of the matches that I really liked the most was his match against DeSanto from Drexel. <laughs> and I liked this match for multiple reasons. One, it was entertaining as hell. and 13-1 um, to one drubbing. And if you recall, back at Cliff Keen, after Pletcher beat Michich at Cliff Keen, Michich dropped down to the consolations, and the first guy he had to run into was DeSanto. DeSanto slammed him. He majored him. I mean, beat him up. We were like, what the heck's going on? I'm like, Michich, what the heck? And then Michich goes out there in this match, and DeSanto, I mean, he's just taking it to him, and DeSanto's just getting pissed. Is This the, This is where DeSanto tried to Kimura. Yeah, DeSanto tried Michich, to rip right? his arm off. Yeah. Hey, you know. DeSanto's a strange man. So multiple times this weekend, I was talking to people that were part of wrestling media, and every time DeSanto would walk by, they'd be like, hide the sharp objects. Yeah, he's a... And I think it's uh. I think he's a nut job. I, 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 I don't know him. Um, he is, he's very Did animated. you see anything this weekend that would tell you this guy's sane? Look, man, he probably knows where I live. Yeah, that's Ben Watson. <laughs> he, uh, he's, he didn't know American. No, I was shocked. I was shocked he didn't know American. Lost Del Vecchio in overtime in the blood round. You called it. You said Del Vecchio was going to get it done this year. Didn't I? You did. I forgot about that. This this was a crazy blood round. Brock Mueller, oh, bridges are nasty, and then McKee loses in the blood round again. You know, I mean, I know he's a 16 seed, but man, you know, Scotty Parker. You know, I, let's give Pletcher his due. To be honest with you, I know he took fourth. He was seated third. Can I let you in on a little, let you in on a little secret? Please. I didn't think Pletcher was gonna be better than top six. Like all year, I thought it was like he's wrestling too close of a match, too close matches. I'm not sure he's gonna get it done. Beats Pengilly two to one. I can't remember if that was a takedown or was it a escaping a ride out or escaping riding time. 
Beats Corbin Myers, who he beat earlier in the year, 4-3. Then he beats Parker. Good win. Uh, yeah, look, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. I thought Pletcher had a hell of a tournament. And where I was most impressed with him was in the Concy semifinals against Cade Brock. That, yeah. I'm thinking. I thought Brock was going to. I thought him. Brock was going to win that match. I'm thinking Brock's got great offense. You know, we've talked about it before. Pletcher can get heavy on that lead foot at times, and Brock's a guy. You know, he's going to catch you leaning, catch you, catch you slipping, and he's going to he'll put you on your back or take you down. Right. And um, Pletcher just held position so well and really just picked apart Brock. He picked him apart. Yes. That's that, that's that's a great way to describe it. Brock tried to slide by Pletcher. To, you know, he slid himself right into some underhooks, you know, or like, you know, shots. Pletcher really did pick him apart. Um, you know, I think as a sophomore, uh, that's a really nice tournament for him, taking fourth down at his natural weight. He, you know, he'll be back, and I think he's only going to get better. You think we see him back at 133? I mean, yeah. I don't think we have a choice. He's got to go 133, but. He's too short to go any other weight, man. Man, that dude's got a caboose. <laughs> he just do yo, yo, bro, you got to go wipe your pants, man. That sounded wet. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the microphone picked that up. <laughs> That's... Yeah. He's too short to go 141. You think he really can go 141? I can't talk. I got to cover my face with my shirt. You know, uh, what do you mean? Do we see him back at one thirty-three? That's a stupid question. It's not a stupid question. To me, he looks big. No, his I got bigger arms than he does. And you're not one thirty-three. You're but like two thirty-three. I ain't that big. But I mean, dude, it's not like he's gonna be a thirty-three pounder. The question is whether or not they redshirt him next year, which I think they should. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I agree with you completely. I think it would be, and I know you feel the same way. Like. Should the Buckeyes, and we're going off on a little tangent here about the Buckeyes, but with everything that Penn State has coming back, with the recruits that Ohio State has coming in, with the guys they have coming out of red shirt, should they give those guys coming out of red shirt some a chance to kind of, you know, get their get their feet wet and red shirt Pletcher, McKenna, and Mymar, and then bring everybody back for a potential run in 2020 when you have a guy like. Um, Caleb Romero in his third year, you've got guys like Sammy Sasso, Gavin Hoffman, Chase Singletary. All those guys are going to be Maddox. at the middle season. But Maddox. Um, Rocky Jordan. Potentially a 125-pounder, hopefully from somewhere. I mean – Well, you, I mean, I think if you're going to get a 25-pounder from somewhere, it's probably going to be starting next year. He'll probably be a senior. Um, I mean, that's just speculation. Uh, you know, you give Heinzelman a year to – Oh, I was talking like the Decaters and oh yeah, Decatur too. Those, those oh, types of guys. About, there's some rumors that Buckeyes might get a transfer. Um, right. You know, I don't know. They're just rumors at this point, but that'd be nice. But I mean, even then, next year we're not going to compete for a title. But it's not just twenty, you know. And then Pletcher will be there for the next year too. Mm-hmm. You know. You think they should do it? Yeah, I think. Do you they think should. they contemplate it? Oh, I think 100. percent They're going to look at it. Ryan's done it before. He did it in 14 mm-hmm. to load up for 15, and it worked out. Um, I think the only guy that they, they can't redshirt, that they could redshirt next year that they won't, is probably Tayshan, because he can bump up to 74, you know, fill in. He's going to be, a, you know, I think upper weight class, he's going to be a solid wrestler. Whether or not he's All-Americans, I don't know. But I think he'll be a you know, solid wrestler for them. Campbell's never redshirted? Nope. Are you positive about that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So they could, you know, but it wouldn't make sense to redshirt Tayshan because that's, you know, the, the, you know, you got Caleb Romero, you got Maddox, you got Rocky Jordan. 
you know, you've got Ethan Smith, Gavin Hoffman might be able to go 84 for a year. Um, you know, so I think that the Buckeyes, it would behoove the Buckeyes to um, redshirt their studs, uh, um, including McKenna, who's just, I mean, he might be there. <laughs> you know, if you want to run a 41 here in a minute, holy crap, he is a, he's better than I even thought he was. And, um, um, great segue. So. Great segue. I mean, let's go ahead and just dive into 141. You're right. Um, McKenna, the last month of the season looked phenomenal. I thought. I think he gave up three points the last month of the season. Really? I mean, I don't know. I, what do you get now? I mean, I'm being a little bit dramatic there, but I bet you it's under 10. He gave up none at the bigs. NCAAs, he gave up four. Let's see. I think he gave up like under. So he. Yeah, he gave up like eight points at the at, um, the NCAAs or something like that. Nine. Nine. Nine points at the NCAAs, none at the bigs. I mean, Under 10 points in the last month. McKenna had a great tournament for Buckeyes. I mean, look, outside of the match with Meredith, which was a great match, Meredith was just the better wrestler, able to come out on top one to nothing. Ultimately, it came you think down. You should have went down. one okay. because he didn't choose bottom. Yes. I... Hindsight is always twenty twenty, right. but I, thinking about it at the time, what I said to myself was, I didn't like the choice. I said, I don't like this choice that he's going neutral, and here's why. I think we have a better chance at getting out than we do at taking Meredith down because what happens when you get to Meredith Flex? Meredith can burn a lot of times, right. a lot of time, and scrambly. Uh, I'm sorry, and scrambled funky situations we saw off that. your shots. Yeah. He does it a lot, okay? You burn a lot of time to stalemates. But hindsight's always 20-20. And you had to get out in a minute, too. But Under a minute. It was the, the crazy thing. This was not the coach's call. This was McKenna's call. McKenna is the one that decided to go neutral, so there has to be a reason why. Yeah, he, I, I don't hate the call. Hindsight's 20-20. And now I'm like, yeah, I wish I would have seen what would have happened. But I think probably in the end it's the right call. Um, you the know, story of this bracket, though, man. Look, Yanni Diakamahalis, oh, the baby-faced assassin, the freshman from Cornell, takes this bracket. Uh, the bottom half was just truly loaded. And think about his path. I mean, he had to go through two-time defending national champ in the quarters, Dean Heil. Gets a Who beautiful, Dean was wrestling pretty well. Oh, Dean was wrestling great. Gets a beautiful takedown to win that match. I mean, that misdirection snatch single or whatever it was yep. was just. I forgot about the thing. Remembered it. High level stuff right there. Kyle had that match won. He did. He absolutely did. Damn, Dean. Then he goes through Ironman in the semis. Ironman gave him his only loss earlier in the season. Beats him in sudden victory, and then just. I mean, he beat Meredith for the second time this year in the finals, and really, I mean. The better wrestler won that yeah. match, and some people are saying he tore his ACL against Heil. Now I don't know if that's been uh, confirmed or not, but holy moly, if he did, I don't think he <laughs> tore it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. This match, what a weird bracket, though. I, I tell you what, some stuff that just happened. I was like, when Smith upset, when Tyler Smith upset Jack, I was like, dude, Tyler Smith can get on that podium. Fortunately, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, you know, just. This is such a crazy weight that we knew there was going to be maybe one. Just because of bracket pairings, we knew there was going to be one, maybe two All-Americans that weren't quite expected just because of the way things fell. You know, Chad Red was one of them. But, you know, Sedarian, Sedarian Perry. Perry. The, the Eastern Michigan guy, you know. <laughs> and he, he did. He, he beat everybody in front of him to become an All-American. 
including Josh Albert. Absolutely. I mean, great job by him getting on the podium. It's a great story. It's going to pain me to give this kid props right now, but you got to give props to Nick Lee to be a freshman and lose Crazy. first round to get pinned first round and then battle all the way back to take fifth place. That is outstanding. And that shows a lot of mental fortitude. He's not going to get my road warrior of the week. No, we're saving that one for later. Yes, but you're exactly right. When he got pinned by deal, I was like, bros, I was like, just by pure process of elimination, even if he wins a couple matches, he's not going to all American. I'm like, as a freshman, he's going to lose, you know, asking a freshman to do that, asking anybody to do that, lose first round and come back an All-American, especially as high as fifth, is tough to do. But I was like, he's going to get tripped up, at least by one of these guys. Well, and what made it even more outstanding is that we were all waiting for a potential second round match between Alber and Nick Lee. But we they saw both it. lose first round. So not only Lee had to come back, he had to beat Alber first round of the Concies. Then after that, he falls into the the whole the 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 seven ten quad. He's got to go through Mason Smith from Central Michigan, the ten seed, just to get past that. That's a tough, tough road. That's right tough there. just to get going. You know. Then he had to beat another seated wrestler. There are two more seated wrestlers to All American. One of them being Smith. From Bucknell, who'd beaten Jack earlier in the tournament. Ah, man, I tell you what, though, Chad Red also he lost second round. He rolls back with Thunder, and uh, you know, beats Dean Heil, pins him. Yeah, I mean, keeps Heil off the podium. I mean, to go four one one and then not place and it not be because of injuries is rough. Right. I mean, I don't think there was there was no rumor of injury or anything like that. No. Do you give it to me, buddy? I don't think it, I think it was more than just the rule change, though, that affected Dean Heil. I don't I don't think it's fair to say that a, a one rule change took a guy from being a three time All American, two time national champ, to not making the podium. Right, a guy that good would have been able to figure it out. Maybe he doesn't win it, right? But he figures it out. Look, I think it was a product of a couple of different things. We're never going to be able to be inside of his head, so we don't know. One of them is just a hell of a weight class. He lost to Diaka Mahalas, and then Chad Red, you know, he got caught. I don't want to say caught, but, you know, got pinned by Chad Red, who was having a great tournament. You know, I don't know, man. Burnout's a real thing. I can't tell you that he was burnt out. I don't know. I got to imagine he's been wrestling all of his life. Um, and I got to imagine that, you know, making 141 probably wasn't super fun for him to do all the time. Do you think that some of the losses he took this year rattled his confidence? Absolutely. He he did not have the confidence that he did last year. No, I mean, the bottom line is, just just as we saw with Tariq, that a win can get you going, a loss can put you in a rut. That's true. Man, Good point. You can just, I mean, he had some strange losses this year, some really, we, we know he always wrestled close matches, but he at least put it away against some, you know, some of the lesser known guys, and he's, it's a story. I don't want to call it a sad story because you can control your own destiny in wrestling regardless of what happens. And he had an amazing career an amazing regardless career. of this tournament. Yeah, but it was hard for me, especially because he's from Ohio. Yes. And we rooted for him a lot. It was hard for me to watch him go out like that. But, you know, the reason why I can understand it and contemplate it in my brain is, look, that's the way wrestling is, man. You step on that line. It's you versus another guy. And the better guy, that specific, maybe even just move. Mm-hmm. It's a better guy, that move mm-hmm. gets the win. And he did it, man. And 
I think a lot of it's product of a real tough bracket. You know, you got Heil versus Red wrestling each other. Now, Red was unseated, but then you got Perry versus a car. You know, you put Dean where Perry was or Carr was, he's probably All-Americans. Not taking anything away from no, anybody. No, but nothing. the weight is deep, so deep, to where the seeds were going to dictate some strange people not All-Americaning, you know. And um, it did. One last thing I'd like to say about this, uh, and it's back to Joey McKenna. He beats Ironman 7-2 to two in the finals for third and fourth. I think McKenna's the truth. I mean, Ironman, I was like, he, he was, a, he was a, not even like a sneaky pick to win the tournament. It's funny you said that. I'm sitting here thinking that I thought McK- – I'm, I'm sitting here thinking the point should be made that of all the things that McKinnon did this year, his match against Ironman to me is the most impressive. Yeah. Ironman, one of the most dangerous guys in college, period. Deep. I mean, one of those guys that, that can legitimately put you on your back from any position. Him and Bo Nickel, two most dangerous guys. Yeah. Um, and McKinnon just shuts it down, you know, picks him apart. When Ohio State needed points. When Ohio State needed those points. McKenna's going to be a leader. I think, you know, we're losing a lot of big leaders on the team. All three of those guys we're losing were captains as freshmen. I think that we've got some good, we got some good leaders here with McKenna and, and Mymar. Did you hear the interview with Tom Ryan when he was talking about McKenna? I didn't, but like, I'd love to hear you talk about it. It, it. He just made a point that McKenna came in, and here's a kid from Blair Academy, all right, did big things out of Blair, who went to Stanford, was an All-American, you know, he comes into the Ohio State room. He said he hardly said a word for like the first couple of months. McKenna wouldn't say anything. Hmm. And all he would do was just go in there and work really hard and bust his butt, would hardly speak. And he really earned the respect of his teammates by coming in and leading by example. Um, when a lot of guys in his position could have came in, kind of pounded their chest a little right. bit, you know, look at me, I'm here. I'm the guy that you guys need to get the title, blah, right. blah, whatever. You're whatever. lucky I'm here for yeah, you. I could have gone to Penn here. State. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And he just goes in and he goes to work and he won the respect of his teammates. And I think, you know, you're absolutely right. Next year, whether they redshirt him or not, this team is going to need a leader, someone to really step up inside that wrestling room. And I think a lot of guys are going to be looking up to him. Yep. And he also, him and Tomasello also have 4.0s. I mean, both, you know, I mean, McKenna was like, look, dude, I was at Stanford, okay? I can right. handle this Ohio State I stuff. Mean, but, you know, I'm impressed by those kids. For sure. I always get so impressed by how I always think these kids are so immature, and then I realize they're probably more mature than me. <laughs> you know? I mean, a 4.0, I graduated high school with a 2.9. Man, <laughs> my 14-year-old son sitting with you this weekend was more mature than you. That's not true. Oh, do you want me to repeat some of the stuff he said you said? What did he say? I said, no. <laughs> no. It would not be appropriate on this podcast. Well, I was probably just having a fun time. Um <laughs> 149. Yeah, let's just get to 149. Thank God that Zane Rutherford is done. Oh. Yeah, I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, look, what do you want me to do? Zane Rutherford is, was one of the all, most awesome people to watch wrestle. He was the best folk-style wrestler. Him and, like I always said, Jason, all the best folk-style wrestlers in the country for years. Um, You know, Zane is just a... He tech ball Bulu Wallet. 20 to 2. I mean, you know, I think Buluwala was in All-America this year. So, you know, there's nothing else I could say about that. I think the person, you know, we know who. There's a couple people in this bracket that we got to shout out. Oh, you got to talk about Ronnie Perry. And Ronald, Ronald Perry. Lockhaven in general. Lockhaven had a really good tournament. Two All-Americans. Yeah, I mean, they had a really, really good tournament. And Ronnie Perry, to think about what he did, and it was not... 
a fluke by any means. Look at the way he wrestled Rutherford in the finals. And there's an argument to he be got made. That take he down. had a takedown. Yeah. Okay. He got that takedown. Well, did, they not, did they not have any challenges? No challenges left. And, you know, the refs just didn't want to take a look at it. I think. In the NCAA finals, <laughs> the refs just decided to not take a look at it. I think. Every you should get one one challenge for every match in the finals. I agree. I mean, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna let them have challenges throughout the tournament and stuff like that, let them let every coach either have one challenge for the finals or one challenge per match for every finals, whatever it is, because of things just like that. Or maybe the refs say, "Hey, that was pretty close. I'm gonna do a referee's look. You know, they can they can say, I you know, I want to take a look at this myself. Not charging you a challenge. Oh, they ain't got the balls to do that against Zane and Kale. They should have. They should have. It was two. I agree. Oh, Ronnie Perry got two. But anyway, what I, I guess the point I was making was Perry beat. Well, he beat Sorensen. He beat a he beat a, a former national champion and a former national finalist just to get to the finals. Uh, and a former All American in Kalantic. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ronnie Perry. That he, dude. That dude. Did you see his tweet? When Willie Saylor said, uh, I'm going to donate 1000 bucks to uh, a, a team, I think Willie ended up donating it to Lockhaven. Ronnie said, oh, man, a little too late. That would have covered my first two years of scholarship. His freshman and sophomore year, he was on 500 bucks. He was on 500 I, I was on a bigger scholarship than that. <laughs> <laughs> He's on 500 bucks a year. Um, I think the bottom half of that amazing. bracket had five All-Americans, I think. If I'm doing the math right, Perry, Kolodzik, Leith. Sertzis and Sorensen. Yep. Okay, so five All Americans and Ronnie Perry being and one Deacon. Of them, um, Deacon did not All American. No, I know, but I'm just saying and Deacon oh, and yeah. Oliver. Right, but the point I'm making is that Ronnie Perry being one of those All Americans beat three more of them. He beat three more of them on his way. That's pretty crazy, man. That, that was a God. I'm looking at that now. Yeah, and, and I get what you were saying, but just like looking at that bottom half, that bracket. That's that's an amazing bracket, man. Uh, shout out to Ronnie Perry. You know, also shout out. Uh, Matthew Kolodzik. Why are we shouting him out? Can we just talk about the performance? Yeah, yeah, okay. I Shout thought Matthew Kolodzik I thought Matthew Kolodzik had a great tournament. To, to finish third? Dude, he looked good. Yeah, and it's not so much just what he did on the front side, you know, but on the back side, he beat Sorensen 7-3. to three. That was impressive. <laughs> that was Sorenson really was impressive. fine. Oh, absolutely. You know, how about uh, Sertzis? I'm, I'm glad he got on the podium. Him. I, am, I am extremely happy that he got on the podium. I still remember... Being at the national championships his freshman year when he won it, and that was in Oklahoma City because we went out. What where we go back to Roy Rogers, whatever restaurant? Yeah, some was. bar, but some bar restaurant afterwards. It's some hillbilly singer. Come on, give me what's the name of that hillbilly restaurant down there after the country singer? Uh, not Roy Rogers. Oh, um, not Roy Souder either. Um, uh, Toby Keith. Toby Keith. That's what I Roy. love this bar. <laughs> yeah, when he, they came in there after uh, after his championship, the, the Northwestern team. Yeah, Jason came in with his brother Alex. McMullen yep. was there. Yep. And I, I just always remember that there's that one picture where Sertis is in his coaches on Perry on his arms, and that blood's just pouring down Terrific. his face. That's memorable, man. And then for him to go through what he went through the last few years, and then, then finally end his career on the podium. Three time All American, national champion. Third place. Third place. Seventh place. You know what I want to do? I want to shout out Jason Sertzis. Shout him out. <laughs> who had the best? Uh, well, I, that was about. That was a silly question. I'll say who had the best tournament um, at this weight because we, we know it was Zane. But besides that, I think it was Perry, obviously. Then Kalazic, you know, Sertzis. I, um, 
I can't be proud of the guy because I don't know him, but I mean, I'm ha- really happy. I'm happy for him. For him. Really Look, happy I mean, it's, it's well known that he's gone through a lot the last few years. And for him to find some sort of peace and find a place where he was comfortable and could continue his wrestling and his academic career and to go out as an All-American, I think that's an amazing story. It really is. You know, you know who I'm not happy for? Is uh, Keyshawn Hayes? Troy Heilman. I'm not happy for Keyshawn Hayes. That son of a bitch beat Keyshawn Hayes in overtime. He earned it. <sighs> Can I ask you something, Ben? Honestly, okay, from a wrestling well, was standpoint. That, was ride outs? Yeah, can, from a wrestling standpoint. Why are we trying to go for reversals instead of just getting an escape? He had it. He had the reversal. He had the leg in the air and he had the underhook. He uh, didn't get it. I know. He didn't get it. He was so close. Yeah, you could, what do you do? Push the leg away at that point? You're not, that's not the way you're trained. He should have. <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty. You know he 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 beat up Blee's bad, but you know he he had to battle just to freaking beat him mean. And then you know the bracket falls apart. It, yeah. it was funny as soon as as soon as um, uh, Ronnie Perry beat uh, Sorensen, I texted you. And said, look at the brackets. brackets. Yep, you yeah, said look I at said, the brackets. Does this screw us? I said, does this screw us? Because everybody else is going nuts. Yep. This is awesome. Ronnie Perry just beat Sorensen, and I text you and I say, does this hurt us? And you're like, yes. If if Hayes loses the high uh, Heilman. We got Sorensen to go, or you know, to, to all yep. American. I'm like, well, better beat Heilman. No joke. Everybody is going crazy about Perry, and you and I were sitting about the same height in the arena, about a section apart from each other. Right. And I'm watching the Perry match against Sorensen, and I'm like, oh my god, dude, this guy's getting ready to beat Sorensen. He's getting ready to beat Sorensen, and he beats him, and everybody's just going ape shit in the right. arena. I'm looking over at you guys. You guys are going crazy, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm starting to think of the bracket in my head, That's and I was exactly like, what I oh, did. shit, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I go look, and I was like, oh, no, this is not good. Yeah, yeah. not to say that Hayes would have beat Perry. Let him re-wrestle the match. Right, <laughs> right. But, you know, I like our odds against Perry a little better than Sorensen, and that's, that, that is no disrespect. It's just based no. on past, right? Um, but Perry had a hell of a time. I mean, look, Perry had a hell of a tournament, but, you I'm know. Hayes did an All-American. That would have been nine AAs. I mean, I mean, Sorensen beat him up 9-0, though. I mean, what the hell, Hayes? Well, look, I mean, that's Sorensen, the senior Sorensen in the blood round. He, I would not bet against him. No, yeah, you don't no bet way. against him there. Oh, man. But one thing, Ben, before we go on to 157, sure. I think this goes back to, you know, really appreciating greatness. And it's been such a treat to watch Zane Rutherford wrestle the last five years. Um and I say that it has been. <laughs> I, I I say that because he has literally beaten every Ohio State wrestler we have put out there. Now, granted, Logan beat him, but he's beaten every Ohio State wrestler he's faced, including Logan Steber. So, on that note, I'm you know thanks for shit coming. Up. Thanks for coming. It's nice to see yeah. you. I appreciate you. Get the fuck out, please. Yeah, get out and go win us some medals in the in the. Uh, yes. Now he's Team USA, so I can root for him. Yes. God. <laughs> yeah, man. Because yeah. I liked I, I like that. And this bracket was fun. This bracket was really fun. A lot of upsets. So one fifty seven, I'm just gonna say it right now. Jason Nolf and his knee brace and his knee, that was fake. They were just trying to get us excited. Dude, don't even get me started on that. I, I swear that's what Kale did. Kale did that shit on purpose. He was fine. He was absolutely fine. He's just out there whipping people's ass. I mean he whipped him. He beat Michael he tech fault Michael Jordan. Some people were picking Michael Jordan to win that match. Who was picking Michael Jordan to win that match? You? Steelwood. <laughs> no, I ain't picking. I'm never picking. <laughs> Look, no, no offense to our Steelwood boys. I actually got to talk to them at length this weekend because I was sitting by them. But um, 
I even said, man, did you guys really pick eight Buckeyes in the finals and seven national champions? And they were just like, well, you can't tell me it's not outside the realm of possibility. <laughs> well, yeah, neither, neither is me making 125 again and using my, my last year of eligibility in NAIA. But it, but, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, but the odds of I get Jordan beating Jason Knopf are about that good. <laughs> That's funny. I'm, they might be better for me. <laughs> I'll tell you, if you make 125 again and use your fifth year of eligibility at NAIA, Ben, I will come watch you wrestle. <laughs> well, you better, I will, I will you better love do it early because I'm going to tear an ACL or something like that really early on. Man. But Jason, no, man. Look, we, he, <laughs> he wasn't 100% healthy. I could just see you doing the whirly bird every night. I need a break. Going up. I need a break. Oh, man. Dude, it. Jason, no. Like, you're the only guy I've ever known who gets out of breath taking the elevator. Hey. <laughs> like, on. we would take the elevator up to the sixth floor of our hotel, and you'd step up. <sighs> okay, now you just bust my chops. <laughs> I'm getting out of breath from laughing at that. <laughs> Jason, no. I mean, he wasn't healthy. <laughs> Look, for, for him, healthy to me. For, for what he was able to do. I mean, what did he... He had Kemmer in the quarters and beats him six to two. Oh man, yeah. I mean, look, uh, he again. did falls ever in. I mean, what do you want from this guy? He's unhuman. He's not human. He's he lives in the matrix. He does. I mean, he, look, he, he, Jason Nolf is great. He, we've been saying it for so long. We both picked him to win it. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, but I'll tell you what, Hayden Hidley was impressive this tournament, especially. I mean, look at that semi, son. Especially, I mean, when he, I thought Pantaleo could push through to the finals. I thought he had a chance, but Hayden Hidley just completely destroyed him. Dude, he threw him to his back. Yes, he did. And then you know, to Hidley's just a better version of Pantaleo. You know, just like they're both like you know stocky wrestlers, good counter wrestlers, but Hidley's just like I got a little bit more than that. It's interesting. I I, I didn't. Th- I hadn't thought about that. I'm gonna have to ponder on that one, but I, I can def- I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't mean like exact, you know, no, the I, same, but you know, Hidley just as a freshman, I, this guy gonna win a title. I don't know when, but he probably gonna win a title. I mean, look, he's got three more years to do it, and thankfully, he's only got to see Nolf for one more year. So, you know, he's definitely. He's definitely got that going for him, but I thought he had a hell of a tournament. Looked great in the semifinals. He didn't even look bad against Jason Nolf. He just couldn't figure Nolf out. You know, Nate Nolf was just uh, just better, more athletic, obviously, and savvy, seasoned. It, I mean, you it, could use a ton of different words to describe it. Yeah, right? I mean, ultimately, it was just the better wrestler. Um, Buckeye fans. It, you got to be happy the bracket yeah. broke out the way it did for Micah Jordan because you're right, that was an absolute gift. I mean, for Joey Lavalley going down in the first round to Kennedy Monday, another guy who loses to a guy that he teched previously in the season. Lavalley I mean, teched Monday? Lavalley beat the shit out of Monday wow. previously in the season. Well, you know, again, this, this isn't the Inside Trip Told You So podcast, you know, where we you know, say things before the tournament and then afterwards when they come true say we told you so because a lot of things – you know, that we say probably didn't happen. But I just had a feeling that Joey LaValle was seated a little high. And, you know, I, I get why they seated him there. I didn't think he was going to lose to Monday. Um, I thought he was definitely going to push to Jordan at least. I had him beating Jordan, but 
And he goes down to Monday early, and then I'm like, who we got, Monday or Van Brill? And then Van Brill goes out and wins. I'm like, Micah handled him last time they wrestled. Beats some crap out of him, 17-5. Micah, you know. Took the deep six after that, though. He, 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 he took the deep six, man. He took the triple dip, son. And you know what? He was this close, and I'm using my fingers to just make a very small space for those of you listening and not watching, um, to being third. Tyler Berger beats him in sudden victory when I thought Micah had him. He had and him. Berger goes in, takes third. Camera defaults out with that bum shoulder. He would have been third. And would that, that have been enough? So. Third to six? I believe so. <sighs> Micah loses to Berger. That's a head scratcher to me. But props nah, to... it wouldn't have been enough. I but still, enough. props to Berger. Oh, yeah. Bert, that, g- great point, Ben. All year long, Where we're talking about what's what's going on with Burger. What's going on with Burger? You know, he's just not having that season that he had last year. And then he goes out, and he just—I mean—he has a hell of a tournament, finishing third. Yeah, he does. He beats Michael Jordan, who Ber- remember Jordan beat Burger, I think, the second round of the Bigs. And Hidley barely got by Burger. It was three to two. Yeah, it was a tight match. You know, uh, Burger—he he wrestled well. Um, you know, it just goes to show you that what have we said? You know, and, and it doesn't go for every guy, but if you've all American once, you can do it again. And, the, you know, the reason why I say that is because you, you mentally know how to grind through this tournament, which is, you know, I got to only imagine. I mean, I was only there for the, you know, first night, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, it was mental grind. How far did you mentally grind through? Right. But, so I can only imagine what it's like to mentally grind through these types of matches. You know, he's got to wrestle Fox, returning all American in the blood round. That's true, man. Had a, look, great performance by him. Cameron. Really? Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I'm just – Cameron also showed some stones. You know, having a bad draw, injured, loses to Nolf. You know, he drops down. He's got to beat LaValle. To AA. Just to AA. Here's the two guys last year, your runner-up and your third-place finisher at this weight class last year, the two in the sixth seed this year having to battle it out just to get on the podium. And – I mean, Kimmer, the score wasn't great. It was 5-2, to two, I think, 5-2, five, 5-3. Five but Kimmer handled him. I mean, LaValle didn't didn't have a chance. And then he beat Shields 6-2. That's right. Kimmer had a great tournament. You know, and he, then he beats Pantaleo 6-1. Mm-hmm. Kimmer had an excellent tournament. Injury defaulted. Look, that's not the way he wants to go out. But, you know, what are you going to do? He just – now, the injury defaulted during the match. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what would have happened if him and Michael would have wrestled. But how about – Great tournament for Zilverberg from South Dakota State finding the good for them, giving them their second All American of the tournament or of the whatever of the tournament thus far. They ended up with three. They got three All Americans this year. How awesome is that? South Dakota State three All Americans. It's amazing. Three All Americans and a national champion. You know how many more? That's more All Americans than a number. That's more All Americans than a number of Big Ten teams. I know it's more than Indiana. I'm talking about Illinois, Rutgers. The same as Arizona State, who everybody said that could be a trophy contender. South Dakota State finished in 12th place with 42 points. And if you look at so they finished ahead of Oklahoma State. They finished ahead of Okie State in this tournament. South Dakota State finished ahead of Oklahoma State. That's I just, I just awesome. That. That's awesome. Oklahoma State had a terrible tournament. I mean, an absolute terrible. They finished ahead of Lehigh. Terrible tournament. Finished ahead of Minnesota. That's wow. crazy, man. Bono, he gone. No. He won't be Badger. No. He won't be Badger, son. Nah. I mean, I have no inside information to believe that, but look, 
we see it in every other sport. I think he likes it there. We and this it. is just my assumption. We Maybe, see it. And he could leave tomorrow. We see it in every other sport. I think he likes it there, man. Did you have the chance to take over a Big Ten team with some history? Imagine what Bono's had to do with – South Dakota State, they support wrestling. Their AD supports wrestling. Absolutely. Their school supports wrestling. Absolutely. But imagine getting that times a couple to go to a Big Ten team. All Big Ten schools support wrestling. They all do. And you know what? You're, as you're finding, there's some Big Ten schools that absolutely struggle to do anything well. I'm not all s- of them even have 9-9. Who don't? I don't know. It's just a Northwestern, rumor. Northwestern. It's a rumor that they don't all have 9-9. Probably, probably, probably Northwestern. Um, but the grass isn't always greener on the other side, man. I, I mean, seriously, dude. Think, I mean, why, why leave? And I don't want to see it for the sport because I think what he's doing for I South Dakota it. State's amazing. Love I it. love it. And the coaching staff he's put together, him and Reader up there. I mean, they're doing great things. In the middle of nowhere, in a wrestling state that's just not good, just because of the lack of population. Sure, you know, not trying to diss. But they get South to recruit Dakota. from Minnesota. Right. They get to recruit from Iowa. But you go to Wisconsin. You got a little pipeline there. I don't see it. I just don't see him going there. I don't know. I bet you a beer. You want to bet a beer? Yeah. All right. I'll bet you a beer. I think the interviews are. I think those. Rochelle gets the job. I think Rochelle gets promoted to head coach. That's that's my guess. Yeah. So how about a, what if he what if he interviews there and shows interest? A beer on that? No. Well, that takes away your thought that you said that he was not interested. He may not be interested, but you can interview to leverage right. for higher salaries in South Dakota yeah. State. And also, you don't ever turn down an opportunity like the interview, right? Yeah, so no. All right. Look at you trying to. I'll bet you a beer he goes. How about if he interviews? How about if he thinks about it? He did that. But if he tells his wife, he he might. (laughs) How are we going to know that? (laughs) I don't know. All right, I'll bet you a beer on that. What else going on at this weight? Um, Uh, Pantaleo beats Jordan for the fourth time this year. Jesus. Jordan going back to 49, right? He should. But the only way it happens is if they redshirt McKenna. It's the only way. Bringo, baby. Put Hayes down at 41. 41 cleans out a little bit. Yes, that's exa- exactly. Who you put at 33, though? Eh, Fitzgerald. Let Fitzgerald roll, wrestle around a little bit. He's got a great cement mixer. I don't know. I have a feeling next year's going to be a long podcast year. <laughs> we won't be talking about Ohio State that much. <laughs> we'll be talking a lot about Penn State. Listens will be up. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Penn State. Let's go 165. I cannot believe Joseph put it on Martinez like that. I can't believe it. Joseph what has never beaten Imar in the regular season, but does it in the NCAA Finals two years in a row. What's up, man? And do we have to do it? Inside trip of the week? No. Imar scrambled out of that. He just got a takedown. Well, who's else got the inside trip? I'm not doing it. Rock tried to go inside trip of the week and did the Bernie instead. <laughs> I love the Bernie because I know you're talking about weekend at Bernie's yeah. when he's like all dead, flopping he's dead. <laughs> his, his back's like broke, his arms and legs and head. That's what he looked like. <laughs> did, I'm going inside chair of the week, Vincenzo. Do what you got to do, man. Hey, did it seem like Imar was just out of his element yep. in the finals again? Felt weird. Headgear popping off. He gets what called, was up with that headgear? He gets called for the headbutt. You know. <laughs> He didn't look like from the start he was going to win that match. No. What was up with that headgear? I think he got in his head. And I'm not. I'm he was not trying to get off his head. I know, but I'm not joking around. But like, but, I mean, it was weird, man. It was a strange feeling, wasn't it? 
it, it was extremely strange. And Imar, to that point, was having a hell of a tournament. You think about who he beat. I mean, he goes through Chavez, who All-American. He goes through Marsteller bad, and Marsteller took fourth in Marsteller this had a class. great tournament. He dominates Marinelli. And you're thinking, all right, here we go. Joseph, Joseph was not having the greatest of tournaments to the finals. Snuck I mean, through Ashworth and White. Correct. I mean, and White had him on the ropes, too. Absolutely had him on the ropes. And um, McFadden looked tight one. Yeah. And then... Joseph was not having a great tournament. He wasn't. But Imar was. And then in that finals match, like, I feel bad because Martinez just, he looked out of his element again, much like he did last year. You know, I, I don't know. He just didn't look... I don't know, man. I'll have to talk to him. I, I do think, though... um. What a great comeback story for Chance Marsteller. I couldn't have said it better, buddy. I mean, that, I just like Surtis, it's another amazing story. Lockhaven gets their second All-American in the tournament. Marsteller, I mean, all the stuff he's been through to come back and take fourth. Got to wrestle Ricky Lewis in the blood round. That's a tough match. I mean, that's a tough matchup right you there. pack it in and nobody's going to feel, you know, nobody's going to be too upset with you. He comes back, beats him, beats Rodgers. Beats McFadden. He did. Is beating Wick four to one before Wick slaps that cradle on and sticks him. Evan Wick is good. He is Evan really Wick had a, good. Evan Wick had a tournament, son. Yeah, he did. What are you, a couple? He beat Marinelli sixteen to three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it happened. A lot of cradles. I don't really remember the match. I just remember looking over because there was, I think, another match going on at the same time I was watching. I just remember keep on looking over and I'm like, how is this? Why is this sixteen to three? Evan Wick had a tournament, son. This was a crazy wait, man. Look who did an All-American. Richie Lewis did an All-American. Chad Walsh did an All-American. Chandler, yeah. Yeah, Walsh lost to Rodgers. Isaiah the White? Round. Isaiah White is going to have, I think he's going to have an amazing two years coming up. I think he's got to learn how to extend his lead a little more. You see him in so many tight matches. That's true. You see him in a ton of overtime matches. Comes out on top on some of them. Loses some of them, loses to John Jay, two to one tiebreaker. He's got to be able to extend his lead, maybe score. He's got to be able to score that one takedown in the match that's going to separate him. Um, I think that's what's missing with Isaiah White because he, he I don't want to say he keeps it close, but he does keep it close with everyone. Hard to score on. But he's got to be able to find that one little spot to be able to score. I, I just think here's a guy that didn't have, has never had a red shirt, okay? He wrestled for D2 last year, won a D2 national title. He hasn't had a chance to redshirt and get acclimated to the D1 you know, D1 riggers or anything like that. He's one guy in this weight class who I thought from the start of the season to the end of the season improved a ton. I mean, really improved a ton to the point to where he's pushing a national champ like Vincenzo Joseph to right, sudden victory. Right. You know, I, I think he's going to do some pretty good things over the next couple of years. In fact, when you look at this weight class, Ben, look at everybody that's coming back. Outside of Imar and Walsh. Pretty much all the big guys are coming back, man. Yeah, I think besides, was Wanzak a senior? I think Wanzak might be a senior. I know he didn't All-American, but... Logan Massa didn't get on the podium. He'll oh. be back. What happened to Logan Massa? He got beat. He didn't even make it to the blood round. No, he didn't. Where is he at? Boys and girls, I can't even find his name. Well, he lost to Wick. I mean, he lost to Wick. he lost to Rodgers. He lost to Chandler Rodgers, yeah. Did he go one two, one and two? There's a guy that took third last year. goes one and two this year. And he wasn't wrestling bad towards the end of the year. No. Man. This weight class is going to be a brute next year. Wickhead. I'm just. This is the point in the podcast where I just look at the brackets because I haven't looked at them in a while and go, 
Holy moly. Chavez beat North. Oklahoma State did not have a good tournament. No, they did not. They absolutely Rogers took taking eighth. Now, I know he was seeded eighth, but losing to Chavez, 10-5. McFadden, 2C, taking fifth. Who challenges Vincenzo next year? Oh, pick pick a guy. I, I, I really think pick a guy. Um, Richie Lewis is gone. Richie Lewis is gone. I'm really Chad curious. Walsh gone? Yeah, I think so. Okay, uh, so, I mean, you know, McFadden's still there. Marinelli. Marinelli's still there. I'm really interested to see the jump that Marinelli makes next year when he's healthy, when his knee is feeling good. He's had a full season wrestling D1. He's an All-American. I want to I, I see the type of jump he makes because even with all the things that he had going against him this year, he had a great freaking season. I mean, undefeated going into bigs, right? Yeah. Uh, takes three losses at bigs, two to Logan Massa, and then what? What's he do here? He takes six. Takes six. He's a freshman. I think Wanzak or not Wanzak. Wick might be the best of them all, though. You think I, so? Wick's a freshman. That's right, redshirt freshman. I just—it's hard to get over that sixteen to three drub in a Marinelli. Top, great equalizer. Yep, yep, exactly. You hit it right there. All right, man. <laughs> this podcast is going to be a long one again. We apologize, people. Um. Anyway, 174. Oh, yes. Can I just tell you how good it was to see Mark Hall lose finally? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> well, he didn't this year before that finals, except for in the All-Star match. Yes, said it. Um, how about that scramble situation between Mark Hall and Zahid Valencia? That was awesome. That probably was the most amazing sequence of wrestling I've ever seen. That's two elite wrestlers in a number of different ways. There Technique. Is n- oh, go ahead. No. No, you're absolutely right. I mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, no, there is nobody else in the country, maybe anywhere, that could have not been taken down by that blast, that bully double by Zahid Valencia. I mean, everybody's getting taken down by that. I mean, I don't, I don't care what weight you are, besides probably Mark Hall. Like I said, I think it's just a, a, it's a combination of top-level elite technique meets top-level elite athleticism meets top-level... Elite mat awareness, elite wrestling IQ, all of that combined equals one of the most amazing positions of wrestling that we got to see. One of the most, one of the greatest exchanges of wrestling that we got to see this weekend. No, I, I agree with you. And then after that, Valencia just shut him down. It's amazing how well Valencia wrestles when he looks so big for that weight class. You would think that he's cutting a ton of weight. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. Whatever he's doing, it seems like it doesn't phase him one bit. He, I mean, is there anybody better on their feet? His level change. We talk about it. His and, length? Yeah, his, well, that, that's what helps his level change. He doesn't really got to shoot in so much. Now, he does sometimes, but he's just able to level change, and with his long arms, the guys fall right into him. And once he gets he fingers on your legs, best. I mean, I told you, yeah, I told you, <laughs> he's... He's so good. But what does that say about Miles Amin? I think he might have had the best tournament at this weight besides Valencia. I think Miles Amin is probably the most improved wrestler in the country. He, he's, I mean, he took fourth last year, so it's hard to say that. But I, I get exactly what you're saying. But he did not look as good as he did last year, right? Bo Jordan drubbed him last year multiple times. Bad. All right, And he beat Bo Jordan, what, three times this year? Yes. The duel? Biggs and the NCAA tournament. I mean, he look how close he was with Mark Hall this year. 
You know, close he, with Zahid, four he, two and seven five. Close with Zahid, he turns he took Zahid down twice in the semis. Yeah, he, you know, he flips a match that he lost earlier in the season uh, against Jordan Cutler. He beats Cutler in the quarters. You know, Cutler beat him earlier in the year. Right. I mean, I mean, and yeah, he beats freaking Dan Lewis. Was it? Cl- it wasn't even close, too, was it? Or was it? No, it was sudden victory. Yeah, sudden, sudden victory, victory. But still, yeah. he had a great tournament. And to think, this kid's only a sophomore. He, he gonna win a title. I know I keep, you know, I know I keep saying that about some guys like Hidley, but I, he's gonna have to go through Mark Hall. To I do picked it. him to win it this year at the, um, it was, you know, at the uh, live podcast. But I just saw the way Amin was wrestling. Um, at Biggs, Amin beat Cutler twice. You picked Amin to beat Valencia no, at the live podcast. Amin only beat Amin only beat uh, Cutler once. Sorry, right. I picked Amin to win it all. It's funny. I I think I said at the live podcast. I don't think Valencia loses another match. You did say that. I don't think he does. He might not. I mean, we said the same thing about Spencer Lee, but we've also said the same thing about Imar before. I get what you're saying. I didn't say that about Imar. No, I get what you're saying. It's 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 hard to picture that, right? It's picture Spencer Lee losing right now. After it's what it's you just really saw. hard to see him losing to anyone, barring injury, right. after what we saw this right. weekend. And it's the same thing was the Heat, right? But you think you think Mark Hall is going to sleep it off and say I'm done? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this one up and go train Greco at Northern Michigan. He's I'll he, pack his he bags. He runs really well. Maybe he goes out for cross country or track. Oh, you saying he got them track shoes on? <laughs> um. Bo Jordan finishing lower than third for the only time in his career. Takes fifth place this weekend. What do you think it was? People caught up with him. He didn't improve a ton in college. Um, I think a lot of that probably. In fact, he, he might, I think I, this isn't to be mean. I think he got slightly worse at wrestling. Um, I think a lot of it was just injuries, man. Um, I think you're right. I he, think right there. When you're not training, when you're training 100%, you know, when you're training a lot, you're going to be better when you're not training a lot. You know, he, he didn't look the same as he did when he was a freshman and a sophomore. And I, I know it, it, it's not like I'm sitting here and I'm pumped to say this, but th- you know what the good thing about that is? Is that through all the adversity he had, he still took fifth place. And you know what? I don't think he gives a shit, and I mean that in a good way, meaning he's got priorities in his life that are more important than college wrestling. You're right. No, I mean you're absolutely and yet right. Yet he went three, three, two, five. Um, let's give him a little bit of a break, and and, and I'm talking about me in general because I, I I probably one of the toughest Bo Jordan critics there are. Um, but you know I'm proud of the kid, uh, proud of what he did with his career, um, the, the way he had to do it with all the injuries with the family. Um, you know I think that he's I think that he he did a ton for this program that we aren't even going to see the benefits yet until we see Rocky Jordan win a title or something or until we see, you know, Micah there or until we see what other guys from Graham maybe come up and, you know, until we see if, if he coaches or sticks around Columbus. Um, he took fifth place in the country as a senior. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, and you touched on this a lot, you can't get caught up in what he did his first three years because let's face it, what he did his third year Taking second after practicing only 14 days the entire season. I mean, he, that could have easily been a, a DNP or sixth or seventh or an eighth place, okay? Right. But he was able to, I mean, he battled through it, was able to take, you know, be a runner up last year. So without taking into consideration his first three years, what he did this year after all that he's been through, like his injuries, family, everything, 
it's pretty admirable, man. It's pretty admirable, and it just goes to show the type of heart and the type of guts that he has. And he could have went out and DNP. Absolutely. Or he could have said, he, I got two kids and a wife. I'm not going to, and I got a freaking tumor on my heel, and I got a freaking botched toe. I'm, I'm done. I've been wrestling since I'm, dude, this is the kid that used to run around in his freaking underoos when I was training at Graham um, in high school because mm-hmm. I'd go up there and train twice a week. And I mean, I remember the kid. He was literally like, probably like four years old running around in the wrestling room in his underoos. That kid grew up to be a man, you know? Um, so. It's kind of it was kind of neat to want follow his career. South Dakota State again gets another All American, Kosher. Kosher. Was there a Kosher last year that got, a, got yeah. on the podium for them? His brother got I on the podium. I think it was his brother. Year. Yeah, right, unseated too. He unseated said he was getting year. laid, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this Kosher is eleven seed, so he ain't getting laid as much. Oh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. Hey, do you think you think the Valencia's bump up in weight next year? Yeah, I think so. And maybe that's just the rumor. What do you think about that Bo, Bo Nichols <laughs> Zahid match? Folk style wrestling. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, I t- give me Zahid. Give me Zahid all day on them legs, son. Bo's going to let him in on them legs. Zahid can be able to finish. Zahid ain't no dummy. Zahid ain't going to get freaking Gator Bacon to lose the team title. Oh, that's ruthless. I'm taking all that back. I just said that. You can't take it back. But it, that, that's not what lost the team title. I think everybody knows that. But. No, it's not what lost the team title. I mean, you could find 50 <laughs> different ways Ohio State could have made up seven points. All right? The least of which is Mymar. He went out there. to well, be, Mymar Maybe knew, don't get pinned. Mymar knew that if he pinned, Kyle Snyder wouldn't have to win. Right. All right? That, honestly, if Mymar pinned in the finals, and I guess we're just going straight into 184 right now, so that's perfect. If Mymar hey, pins right. in the finals, it doesn't matter what happens in Kyle Snyder's match. Buckeyes win this thing. And Mymar went out with with a vengeance and said, "I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take it to you." And I give him so much credit for that. I know, but he had the double, he had the two backs, but then he tries to kind of jump up to that half. It looked like, and Bo just grabs that head, uses that leverage, and just oh, I told you it hurt my body. How are you gonna get beat by a move that somebody's been doing since they were six years old? Yeah, that's, you, that's a six year old move. It's a six year old move. That's like Kyle Connell going for a throw and stepping through on the throw. That was awesome. <laughs> Look at all this. Everything my coach is trying to show it on Clunch. Everything my coach has told us not to do growing up. People are winning NCAA titles and play, being all Americans. Yeah, Casper throwing headlocks. <laughs> Lefty headlock. Yeah. What is wrong with these kids? Come on. I had a great sweep single. Where did that get me? Sitting next to you talking about wrestling. <laughs> you got some cool stories to tell about getting kicked in the head at the national hey, tournament. Um, Mymar had a nice tournament. Um, Mymar finished this season with three losses, all three to Bo Nickel. Yeah. You know, I think he, and you've said this before, you think he's really one of the most most improved wrestlers in the country, okay? And I, I, I don't know. He didn't make the finals last year. He had well, a battle to get fit. You're right. I think what we, what we did see from Miles Martin this year is that he really took a jump this year. I think he took a, took a massive leap. Um it's just unfortunate that he's got a guy like Bo Nickel in his weight class, and Bo Nickel's another one of those guys that goes back to really just appreciating what greatness is. Here's a guy that's a three-time finals, two-time champ, who, you know, last year he goes into the NCAA finals, bumps up to 184, where you've got a two-time defending national champion and Gabe Dean sitting there. Who? The, guy, the, the destroyer of worlds. The, guy, the destroyer of the worlds, taker of virginities, well, whatever, you know. <laughs> he had great nicknames, and he beats him. That's ballsy. He beats him, and he beats him on his own terms. He, he does. doesn't beat him with junk. But that's the thing about Bo Nickel. He can beat you with junk, or he can beat you with solid technique. 
That's why Martin needs a red shirt, and Zahid or Zahid Valencia needs to stay at seventy-four, so that Martin can win another title. No, no, that's not the way you think about. It. Well, I mean, Martin was. You're right. I mean, he had Zavatsky. It was either Zavatsky or Preach, and he beats him eight to four, owns him. I mean, Mymar's closest match, Chit Ness, who actually ended up All American, and that he looked great. I think Mymar looked great. Speaking of Chip Ness, man, beating Emory Parker first round, and then Emory Parker battles all the way back to take third. What was he? Road, Road Warrior, Warrior of, of the, the week. week. That wasn't planned. It actually, I mean, I knew we were going to Road Warrior of the Week, but that part wasn't planned. That actually worked out really well. That worked out perfect. Yeah. Hey, do you remember that one time? And they both All-American. <laughs> you remember that one time we were at the Iron Man? We were singing the national anthem, and all of a sudden you were like, you go high, I'll go low. <laughs> yeah. And we did. Yeah. It was beautiful. It turned out really good. It, I mean, we should have been recording. But how about Brian Preesh not making the podium? Uh, that surprised me. He had a really solid year. And Second Pete year in a row Renda. he hasn't. The three and the four seed, Pete Renda didn't make the finals. Vince messed not, him not, up. Not the finals, but the podium. Vince had a great tournament, too. Vince had an outstanding tournament. God, this is, Vince took a fourth. He lost in the second round. Then he goes out and, right, he lost in the second round to... Um, to Ness. To Ness. What is Ness doing? Somebody needs to tell him that he ain't Dylan Ness. His first name's Chip. It's the whitest dude name of all time. Chip. Like, hey, Chip. Chip. I'm a Chip. Go out there and uh, won't you beat uh, Emery Parker and Taylor Vans there now and give my bar a good match. All right, boy. Then you come back and you take seventh place by beating uh, uh, Chip Ness. Team. Both of his names only have two syllables combined. Chip Ness. Yeah, where's he from? I know he. I know he was from North Carolina. I'm gonna go out, go on a limb here and say the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina. Yeah, Chip, Chip down, or what was it? Chip down, like off of uh, Talladega Nights. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chip, Chip. <laughs> He's definitely a hillbilly. He's gotta be right. You can tell it's getting late. Um, but dude, did did anybody have a better road warrior performance than Parker and Vens? I mean. I know Venz wasn't quite the road warrior, but he had to battle back. And beat I mean, Renda 11-3 to AA, and then beats Dean. Then he beats Savasky. I still think what part... Listen, listen to this. Let me, let's listen to what Emory Talk Parker... Talk about Emory. Emory Parker loses in the first round, okay? To who again? Chip Ness. <laughs> then he's got to get through Polson from Wyoming, all right? Polson's pretty tough. After that, he's got returning All-American Drew Foster from UNI, okay? Oh. Second round of Concies. He gets past Foster. He what then, was the score there? 13 to 10. He then meets up with Ellingwood from Central Michigan, who's very tough in his own right, and Parker majors him. Then he's got the three-seed Ryan Preesh to AA. And wow. he controls Preesh from start to finish of that match. Then faces Abinader, Dominic Abinader, and beats Dominic Abinader beat Dom. yes, to make the third and fourth place match. And he's just so happy to wrestling Taylor Vence, who Vence has had his number this year. Remember? Vence has had his number this yeah. year. Parker he, did beat him in the duel. He beat him in the duel, but how did he do it? He, he turned him a couple times. And what, what was the score before that happened? It was bad. It was pretty bad. Vence was winning pretty bad. And he just he, he dominates uh, Vence in that for that third and fourth place match. Dude, Emory Parker had a hell of a match. Do you remember when we had Imar on the podcast? Yeah. We said, give us a guy to watch out for next year. And we knew this because he upset Mymar. Right, the NCAA but he stood in the last year. Yeah, and he said, watch out for Emory Parker. He's going to do big things this year. Well, he did big things by losing to Chip and then coming back and taking third. Are you going to talk like that every time you say his name? Yeah, Chip Ness is screwed. <laughs> How about Abinator? Let's, let's just give him some props. Finally gets it done, gets on that podium. 
A guy that's never finished lower than third at the Big Tens, finally all Americans for the first time. Takes fifth. Ohio, Ohio guy. boy. Keeps the uh, St. Ed streak going. Yeah. Because like 28 Dean years, D1. Was he the only St. Ed's guy this year to AA? Yep. That's right, because Dean Heil didn't. And Heil and him were going next year. We were talking, I was talking about it with the guys. So I sat right in front of a bunch of guys from Ed's. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Nick Barber yeah. and his parents. Yeah. Was a bunch of, um, I think there was another guy, um, Ed's guy. Oh, um, I forget the guy's name. Joey Davis, maybe? Joey Davis was not an Ed's guy. Yeah, he was. The guy that won four D2 national titles? No, a different guy. Jacob oh. Davis. Oh, okay, Jacob Davis, yeah. <clears throat> I think I sat in front of their parents. And next year... The streak may end. Yeah, you mean you got like Hunter Ladnier, LJ Bentley, Alan Hart. Not seeing it. Mm. Just not seeing it, man. Yeah. I think the streak ends. Um, what a streak, though. But yeah, but I mean... How come Frank can't get that streak going at Fairmont? I don't know. Um, but you're right, Abinator, man, great tournament by him to finally get on the podium. Um, another guy that got on the podium for the first time after, you know, having some great regular seasons the last couple of years is Zavatsky. Right. Great job by him. Um, took sixth, actually lost to Abinator for fifth and sixth. You know, one of the cool things was with uh, Max Dean, All-American, and, and them showing kind of Gabe. Him and his brother. Yeah. His reaction. I mean, his brother was in tears. You could tell. That's it's that strange thing about coaching. And I know this is his brother, so it's probably even more. Is like you can be more happy for somebody that you coach than you are for yourself ever, like having a great accolade. I think that's one of the signs of of somebody that will be a good coach is when they take, when they get more joy out of seeing somebody else succeed than they do from seeing themselves succeed. Right. Okay. And you could totally tell when it came to Dean's brother Gabe that that was absolutely the case. That. Well, what did Gabe say on the podcast? He's like, I wrestled a little bit. I just kind of. Me interpreting, he said, like, kind of, he, the fire burnt out for his com- competition in wrestling. Right. But he said he was just really excited to coach. He's going to be a hell of a coach. He's going to be a hell of a coach. And I think his brother's going to end up being a hell of a wrestler, too. He's going to be good. He beat, who did he beat? Oh, he beat Bryce Carr in the blood round. Did you watch that match yeah. in Chattanooga? Mm-hmm. It went to OT. No, did it go to OT? No, it was six four. It was six to four. Carr had him beat. Had yep. him beat in the third period. Gabe had to take him down, didn't he? Dean got the takedown. Max got the takedown. And Carr just laid there, gave up, said, I'm not going to try to get up the last minute of the match. I remember that. Well, that's why you're not on the podium and Max Dean is. That's why Max Dean is partying a dub. I, mean, I don't know if he is or not, but. <laughs> it's a good tournament by him. Um, anything else that really stood out in this bracket to you? Uh, yeah, 197. Are we going to 197? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Um, nothing else crazy. Preach, I mean. We just already, we already said that two, two, two years in a row, great. Pretty solid regular seasons. Thinking he's going to All-American, doesn't? I don't know, man. I think he's a senior next year. No. Yeah, because he wasn't very good as a freshman. And then as a sophomore, he was – that was really? last year, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, let's go to 197. This weight class kind of broke my heart this weekend, uh, but it was also pretty cool at the same time. I mean – If you're not an Ohio State fan, it's a great – you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, it, what cracks me up about this weight class is this is one. This is one of those weight classes where all the prognosticators, all the so-called experts, all the armchair wrestlers doing podcasts those losers. in their spare bedroom, us losers, think we know what's going to happen. And uh, we thought it was going to be the Colin Moore and Ben Darmstadt show, or at and, least Colin Moore hot. Come on, <laughs> and it wasn't. Uh Alan Moore got chucked in a minute 30 
I mean, it, it wasn't like we had to wait. It wasn't like Colin Moore was struggling with Connell. Couldn't get in. You know, Connell short sh- brick shit house. Mm-hmm. And then but Connell caught see, him, jacked him up. So Connell had him with double unders. Oh yeah, and had did. him jacked up very high. Which How do you do that? Because Kyle Connell's shorter than I am. Allowed him to actually step through on that throw when he had him jacked up that high. They always said, like, don't step through on a throw. Why? Because you might get rethrown, right? Right. You might get rethrown. But he had Moore's arms. Moore's arms were above his head, like he was getting arrested by the police. Yeah, you were gonna get rethrown there. Yeah, you, there was no chance of him getting rethrown. And then. To top things off, Connell says it's not a fluke. He sticks him for third and fourth. Beats him five to three, but yeah. Oh, I thought he pinned him again. Oh, no, thank goodness he did. No. He was sucking him back across that mat, though. Oh, my Remember? goodness. That's Why do Ohio State guys are t- – you're telling me that Connell's terrible on top. He said he was. In it's an horrible. In an interview, he's like, you know, not, not very good on top, but he sat out. And I was like, I guess I'm going to suck him back. Like he gave it to him. And all I remember is Colin Moore doing the, 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 the puppy dog butt scoot across the mat like he's got something. Backwards, st- trying, yeah. Yeah, trying not to get turned. And then, whoop. Man, we're, we're bagging on Moore. We're bagging on a dude that beat Rashid 7-4 and Darmstadt 7-4. Yeah. I mean, he beat. I mean, we're not bagging. We're just talking about what happened. I mean, I'm bagging on him. We're just talking about what happened. Um, Kyle Connell, man, talk of the town. Talk of the town this weight class. It was so. Did you listen to that? So he was just on Jason Bryan's podcast. Have yeah, you listened to it I haven't. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm definitely going to though. Really, really good stuff. And Connell talks about, you know, he quit wrestling. He quit the team right. last year. Tell me year. about this. So after you know, not last season, but the season before, you know, he just was dealing with injuries. He's got bad back problem, like broken vertebrae in his lower back oh, or some geez. stuff. Um, just wasn't feeling it. Didn't think wrestling was going to work out for him. Said, I'm just done. I want nothing to do with it. So he quit. And he said when he quit, you know, he told the coaches, and the coaches were really supportive. They said, okay, we get it. Um, you know, if you if you want to transfer, we understand. Um, because Connell's a very – he's a very smart guy. His, his recruiting came down between Penn, University of Pennsylvania, and Kent State. Um, and oh, really? Yeah, he decided to go to Kent State. He's a computer science engineering major. Wants to be a video game designer, all that kind of stuff. That's Total nerd, sweet. love it, love it. Um, and so he quit the team, and he said the coaches were very—they didn't pressure him, very hands off, you know, very supportive. And one day, one of his buddies gets him to go into a like a jujitsu school and says, "Hey, we're just gonna have some open match, roll around. come in and roll around." And uh, he did, and he was like, "Man, this is so much fun! I'm having a good time." And then um, he goes on to talk about how. You know, he's like uh, club practice at Kent State was getting ready to happen, like the, the you know, off-season club practice, Golden Flash Wrestling Club or something. And he calls up the coach and says, hey, I'm going to come in. Do you mind if I roll around? They're like, yeah, come on in. So he gets there, and he's like, shoot, he didn't have a USA Wrestling card. So, like, on his phone right there, he's buying a USA Wrestling card. <laughs> he starts rolling around with him. Just, and he's like, man, I really miss this. And uh, after that, he calls up the coaches and said, hey, I call up Andresi. Yeah, I think I want to come back. Will you have me? And they were like, absolutely. Was that we'll this year? You. Yes, this yeah, is I remember he wasn't, on the, he wasn't even on the, but he wasn't even on the, I don't know if he was even on the roster at the start of the year, was he? Mm, I'm not I sure. I can't remember, maybe. I don't know. I don't know about that. Really cool but story. comes back and freaking takes third in the country. Third. Third. Unfinished business. Mr. He Unfinished was business. He was fun. So these, did you see that hashtag, or not hashtag, but he get, get your Twitter, Twitter back, Kyle <laughs> Connell? I guess like oh somebody stole his Twitter didn't somebody they? stole his Twitter so like after he beat uh I think I can't remember if it was after Rotor or uh or Colin Moore one or the other somebody had stole his Twitter account 
change the password and they start tweeting out stuff about Bitcoin. No, they don't. (laughs) And so then all of his friends are texting him like, dude, why are you tweeting about Bitcoin when you just knocked off the number one seat? (laughs) He's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I I can't. I'm going to listen to that interview. So then in the middle of the tournament, like while the tournament's going on, he's like, like email him back and forth with Twitter and on the phone with him trying to get his account back. (laughs) He's such a nerd. I love it. What a tournament for him, man. But you know, Colin Moore, speaking, going back to him, he could have packed it in when he lost and he had to wrestle in the blood round against Wilkie. Not a bad guy. Beats Wilkie. Then he beats Rashid and Darmstadt. I mean, Colin Moore didn't have a bad tournament, just not the tournament that, you know, not as good as last year. Kind of unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is. He got bested. How about Michael Machiavello, though, beating a guy who he'd lost to, I think, like three previous times and hot to win a title? Yeah, I think that's... I think Machiavello's story is awesome, and he wrestled an outstanding tournament. Um, you know, I was listening to an interview with him, and they were talking about, you know, how things ended up this year because him and Renda could have both gone 84. Oh, and really? they went to the coach, or the coach went to them, one or the other, and said, listen, somebody's got to go 97. Machiavello Some- could make 84? Yeah. He looks huge. Said, somebody's got to go 84, somebody's got to go 97. And... uh the coach said, you know what, I'm out of this. I'm going to let you guys figure it out. And uh, I guess him and Renda discussed and was like, you know what, yep, Machiavello's a little bigger. And I, I, he had talked about before, like, I think in Renda's redshirt season, Renda tried to bulk up. He tried to bulk right. up, but he plateaued out, like, right around 200 pounds, maybe 205 pounds. And Machiavello was able to put on a little more, a little he's more muscle. Huge, than, yeah, dude. dude, he's jacked. Absolutely jacked. He's a little short, but he, I mean. Yeah. So that's how the decision made for him to go 197. Worked out for him. Works out well. Becomes a national champion. Randa doesn't AA. Nah. I mean, yeah, you're right. He doesn't. I mean, I didn't, not to say that's correlative, but yeah. So, yeah, I, I just thought that, I mean, just such a great story. And good for Hot, too. I mean, nice tournament as well. Just, yeah. You know, I think Machiavelli was like a one-time state champ from North Carolina. I mean, that's a terrible wrestling state. <laughs> a wrestling state with seven Division One programs in it. Isn't that weird? That's crazy. I shouldn't say – that was very rude of me to say terrible. I'm up here in my ivory Ohio tower. Um, <laughs> As Clunch said, that's shaped like a dick. <laughs> did you see – did you listen what, to What, North Carolina shaped like no, a dick? No, the Blood Realm I haven't podcast. finished there, fine. I, mean, I, I, I think I'm on like 165. <laughs> like once the – I don't know if it's the AD or – yeah, he made a comment about the Eastern Michigan University AD sitting on a water tower that's shaped like a dick. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. Um, you want to go Captain America? You got something else to say about 95? Because I'm willing to talk 95 all day. I mean, if you want to talk high school weights, I'll talk 95. You mean 197? 97, sorry. Yeah, let's go heavyweight. Yeah. All right, because we're almost two hours into this podcast. People are probably falling asleep by now. Um <laughs> Let's go heavyweight, man. Captain, I'm almost falling asleep. Captain America. What was Coon thinking? Trying to shoot with an overhook? <laughs> I mean, I know he's like a aeronautical engineer or some sort of smart genius guy, but, but I, that was my a dumb basic move. understanding of physics knows that that's not going to work out well. Stall out. Get to ride outs. I know. He had an interview afterwards in a very admirable interview that said he wanted to go out on his terms. He wanted to win it on his terms. Yep. Whether he win or lose. Saw that. And I, I, you're right. It is admirable. And also stupid because he should have tried to get the ride outs and laid on him. You know, we tweeted something out this weekend, and I really meant it. Like, I, 
people need to really appreciate how good Adam Kuhn is right. because he really was Kyle Snyder. People were expecting Kyle Snyder to just cakewalk through the season, be lock. You know, a guaranteed lock champion, undefeated. And he was such an amazing adversary for Kyle Snyder that I bet it made the season a lot more enjoyable for Snyder. Yeah. I think for Snyder, I think it made it enjoyable for Kuhn when he knew that, yeah, I can do this. Not to say he didn't think that before. Made it enjoyable for everybody that probably wasn't a Buckeye fan. Did you hear Snyder's interview before the finals? Was he like, I don't want to ever wrestle this big dude again? He was like, they asked him about what he thought about, you know, another match with Kuhn. He was like, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I was I was really hoping somebody would have got him I on the other that. side of the bracket. <laughs> How about some honesty for yeah. the first? Nobody ever says that. Like, but he's like, dude, couldn't Desi have beaten him? Like, I didn't want to wrestle this 290-pound man child. It hurts his body. It hurts my body. God. Um, but Kyle Snyder gets it done. Another one of those Buckeyes that are leaving. Three-time national champion. Four-time finalist. Man. All around just amazing person for the sport i mean he's taking on the face of the sport right i mean jb's even said that man my time you know i'm on the last you know he's on his end legs of his jordan burroughs jordan burroughs yeah of yeah. his of his kind of career and he's like it's time for the snyders you know to take over i think snyder's now he did get taken down twice he got taken down by white and by uh casper i think that the season wore on him i what well, i think honestly at the end he's sure. just like i'm so sick of wrestling these freaking huge Behemoth. Now, Casper wasn't. Casper weighed less than Snyder. Um, I think one of the things that Kyle Snyder has done in conjunction with the Ohio State wrestling staff that cannot be overlooked, and I was having a conversation about this with somebody this weekend, is that Kyle Snyder and the Ohio State wrestling staff has shown people that there is a blueprint to wrestle both collegiately and internationally and have success. Yes. People always talk about not always, but a lot of people comment that we will never make those major jumps in international wrestling on the senior level because we don't focus on that our entire, you know, our entire life. And then we, we spend our, some of our most, you know, formative years wrestling, you know, folk style in college. Right. Some of your years where you can really have, you can make, you can get medals. Exactly. And Kyle Snyder, Again, and, and Tom Ryan has shown, look, there's a blueprint to do both of this and be successful. And I'm really curious to see if in the next, you know, three, four, five, six years, if we see more and more guys try to go this route. Well, you got to be special. You do have to you, be special. I mean, you got to be Gable Stevenson, you know, Spencer Lee special. We have those people, right. Ben. That's what I'm saying. Yanni, Spencer Lee, Gable Stevenson, those types of guys. Right. Right, that you know, you're, have you're already a good had point. Mark Hall that have already had a lot of international success at the youth level, going the college route. Let's see what you know. Let's see what they do. Yeah, no, I think it, great point. It's a blueprint. I don't know how successful people will be with it, but at least it's a blueprint to to, to show it. Um, you know, so we, we could sit here and talk about Kyle Snyder all day, and we've done it so many times. But just tip of the cap to him. Thank you for everything you did. I don't think anybody would have faulted him if he, after he won his first world title or after he won his Olympic title and said, I'm good, guys. I'm going to take my money. I bet he woke up Monday, went straight to the bank, cashed those checks. He bought a house in freaking Upper Arlington. Did he really? That's that really rich Oakwood-looking neighborhood right next. When did right he next. buy it? What? When did he buy it? I don't know. Like, recent. Like, he bought a house in Upper Arlington right next to, like, the, the training center. But, like, it, boys and girls, Upper Arlington is a nice area. Who do you think he gets a shoe deal from? Uh, Asics. That's what so. he was wearing. He was wearing Asics this weekend. All weekend he was wearing Asics. All weekend. Yeah, he's probably in a, a, a Nike school. 
He hey. probably going A six, but he he hadn't had any discussions with people beforehand. He by the book, son. It's not my problem either way. Um, I just want to say if we're giving shouts shout outs, Jacob Casper. Oh gosh, okay, we're giving shout outs, buddy. Jacob Casper becomes a two time All American for Duke, takes fourth, and to be a guy. That's awesome. Remember Dylan Ryan's story. Dylan Ryan, former Duke wrestler, former Jacob Casper teammate um, at Duke. Oh, shout out to Dylan yeah. Ryan, by the way. We've met him this week. Yes, weekend. yes, yes, exactly. He gets on the mic at the live podcast, tells a story about how he lost a wrestle-off to Jacob Casper at 184 pounds, and then goes on to talk about Casper's struggles that we all know about, um, and then to see what Jacob Casper has done. And this is what I like most about Jacob struggles Casper. Struggles by like the, the Crohn's. Crohn's, yeah. yeah, the Crohn's. His issue with Crohn's. This is what I like about Jacob Casper more than anything else. I truly believe, well, I think, I, I, I know he's, he's enjoyed the success that he has. I truly believe that he will put that success behind making the Duke program better and getting them more support. Oh, yeah. He's doing it. He's absolutely He's been a great it. face for their program. He, for, for the last two, three years, I will say two, last year and this year, he's made Duke wrestling more relevant than it had been. People are watching him. Right. Look, they had another two-time All-American, Connor Hartman, but Connor Hartman was kind of quiet. Quiet guy. He was, I mean, he was very redhead. quiet. Okay. He was redhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. Um, you know, but Jacob Casper did the same thing. He's got such an amazing backstory, and he's got a great personality, man. Like, he, he's made for the camera. Yeah. Like, absolutely is. And how about those shirts that the Duke team was wearing this weekend? Yeah, get and when he was on the podium at the end, when they went to give him his medal, they said his name, and he opened up his warm-up jacket. That's right. He said, "Give Duke scholarships." You said that you know you love Jacob Casper, like um, or the thing you like about him most. What you just said, that's the second most thing I like about him most. The first most thing I like about him most is that he headlocks Hawkeyes. That was sweet. That lefty headlock. Oh, he pinned Sam Stoll. Stoll was pissed. You see Stolp get up from that? Oh, yeah. Piss storming. Yeah. Like, dude, what are you mad about? You just got a headlock. You just got, yeah, you got decked. Decked. Casper weighed 212 pounds, apparently, is what I saw him weighing at. 212? Yeah, because he, he said it. He had a Crohn's flare-up before the NCAA tournament. Oh, did he? Yeah, he lost like 15 pounds. Damn. I, I think that he said that, so I feel comfortable saying it on the podcast. All right. You got anything else about this bracket? Because we now are we now ugh, are officially over two hours. I'm done. Are you done? I'm done. All right. It was an amazing season this year, Ben. I mean, this one was for the ages. Had a great time. It was awesome. High five it out. Yeah. Knuckle bump it, man. We're like white boys when we do that, missing and whiffing. And well, we need a, that means we need a little Coolio and the gang on the podcast. Ooh. <laughs> all right, man. Well, that's all I got. You got anything else? It was awesome season, man. Episode number 58 of the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast is now in the books, just like the 2017-2018 college wrestling season. We hope everyone enjoyed it. We've had a blast. Can't wait to see what we got coming out for you in the future. Hope you guys stay tuned. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bro. <laughs>